on a warm summer's evening on a train bound for nowhere i met up with a gambler we were both too tired to sleep so we took turns of staring out the window at the darkness till boredom overtook us and he began to speak he said son i've made a life out of reading people's faces and knowing what the cards were by the way they held their eyes so if you don't mind my saying i can see you're out of aces for a taste of your whiskey i'll give you some advice so i handed him my bottle and he drank down my last swallow then he bombed a cigarette and asked me for a light and the night got deathly quiet and his face lost all expression said if you're gonna play the game boy you gotta learn to play it right you got to know when to hold them know when to fold them know when to walk away and know when to run you never count your money when you're sitting Secret to surviving is knowing what to throw away, knowing what to keep. Cause every hand's a winner and every hand's a loser. And the best that you can hope for is to die in your sleep. And when he finished speaking, he turned back toward the window, crushed out a cigarette, faded off to sleep. Somewhere in the darkness The gambler, he broke even But in his final words I found an ace that I could keep You got to know when to hold them Know when to fold them Know when to walk away And know when to run You never count your money When you're sitting at the table There'll be time enough to count you got to know when to hold them. When to hold Know when to fold them. Know when to walk away. And know when to run. You never count your money. When you're sitting at the table, there'll be time enough for counting. When the dealing's done, you got to know when to hold them. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back with a brand new episode of the Boochcast. Party on, Vinny. Party on, Elvis. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's been a long time, but Elvis and I are finally back together on the show. Um, 
Elvis has been very MIA, and uh, but as have I. Uh, so I'll admit I've been kind of MIA too. But uh, we are back here for another episode of the Boochcast. And uh, Elvis, um, this has been a while for you. I'll let you decide the title for this week. Oof. Finally, Elvis has come back to the Boochcast. Okay. In parentheses. Then, he, then he's gone again. <laughs> All right. That's not a bad title. It's it's and it's probably apparently going to be true. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, uh, man, like, um, it's kind of crazy, man. Like, what um, the weekends? I know I talked about it many times on the show before, but um, every other weekend I got my week. I have my weekend with my daughter, and then one weekend, you know, I have off, and I try to, you know, blend the two and try to do whatever I can for it with this new job. I'm training. Uh, working from home, I'll be going to different places. Uh, now it's like the training portion on a computer, but then soon enough I'll be going to tow yards. I'll be going to different places for progressive. Um, so it's been kind of busy. Um, when I have my daughter, it's always it's like always like boom, 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 go, 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 go. Um, you know, for the weekend hits, we uh, went to we go either go out to um, like I went to my sister's house over the weekend. Um, and then I take Zoe out. I either go to the pool, I go to the park, I go to catch air. Um, there's always something going on, and, like, there's a lot of weddings going on. So we've got a wedding going on next weekend. Like, this weekend that we're speaking, it would have been the weekend. If you guys listen to it on, on Monday or today or tomorrow, whenever you guys listen to it, um, the weekend that's coming up right now, it's my brother's birthday. His birthday was on the 22nd of August, which is about a week ago from when we're recording this. Um, but he was out in San Diego for quite some time, so he's finally back, and we're going to the fair on the square at, Mar- at Marietta Square. Um, so this weekend on Saturday, um, is the show, are you airing the show tomorrow, Vinny, or what are you showing it? Because right, right now it's 8.30, 2021. Yes, it is, yes, it is 7.29 p.m. on August 30th at the time that we are recording this. Most likely, this will be coming out early in the morning, August 31st. So okay, gotcha. So it will be for tomorrow. So yeah, this weekend um, we will be heading over to um, Marietta Square on Saturday around noon, one o'clock. And then uh, once we do that, then after that, though, um, I'm not sure if you guys, you, have you, Vinny, have you ever had like a trifecta with friends or family where when you guys all just get together, it's just like it becomes a fucking crazy banana. I, I think we had experience in um, went to WrestleMania, but like. Whatever me, my sister, and my brother all get together, every starts off with, we're only going to have a couple of drinks. That's the magical word. We're only going to have a couple of drinks. And then it ends up to being a night of, we call it, bad decisions! <laughs> I actually believe, if I'm not mistaken, uh, I don't know if this happened recently or not, because everything's been kind of a blur for me, because I've been working so much. I believe there was a video of, like, you in a shopping cart? That wasn't recently. That was a couple of years ago. Oh, um, no. That I mean, you could tell too because uh, I didn't have so much of a gut. Um, <laughs> I think it was like two or three years ago. Okay. Um, we went to Myrtle Beach. So it was me, my wife, uh, my friend Nestor, uh, our friend Alejandra, and then Cliff came with us. And uh, we all went to, I think, Myrtle Beach, if I'm not mistaken, or Hilton Head. I don't remember one of the two, whichever it was. Well, long story short, we all went to the strip club. And the girls decided to head back over to the hotel. And it wasn't too far away from where we, we were from. So, like, ah, I told my wife, I'm like, wife, um, you know, we'll get an Uber back. We'll be fine. Everything's cool. 
So then when we get out, obviously being as drunk and stupid, me, Nestor, and Cliff, boy, oh boy, man, we start drinking. And we're not we're not like asshole drunks. We don't get in fights. We don't, we don't do anything stupid. We're very playful and very fun drunks. And especially yes. with my brother and with Nestor, I mean, the three of us are like a tripod, you know? We're just, we're just insanely fun. I mean, we're in our own little world. We kind of like push the whole world aside, and we just kind of make our own little fun. Same thing when us, when, when our, our little group gets together. So we're walking back from the strip club and then we're walking back and then uh, Cliff kept trying to get an Uber and we're like, nah, Cliff, we, you can, we can walk. It's only a couple more blocks. It's only a couple more blocks. <laughs> so we started walking and also we saw a shopping cart and all of us just got the great idea of just pushing each other down in a shopping cart. And the place was a lot farther than we had anticipated, but being drunk, you don't care. You just keep walking, right? So I'm pushing my brother. I'm pushing my friend Nestor, and all of a sudden he's pushing me in a car. We're all singing like I think we did like Louie Louie, um, or we did that song "I Feel Good." No, 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 no. I think we did that song Tequila, like ba da ba da 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 bum bum. Yes, I remember that. Like so, I think the video I sent you was the one where I was actually standing in a shopping cart, yes. and then like we ran into a puddle of water, or oh, he ran into a crack or something, and I actually fell off the shopping cart. But here's the cool thing. I did not hurt myself at all. Like when I came off the shopping cart in the pitch dark, I literally leaped like a cat <laughs> and landed perfectly on a floor in sandals, mind you. That that was fucking sick. Like, oh my god, that was nuts. I was like, wow. So that was pretty cool. I'm just glad you know my brother was there to take video of it. So <laughs> it's yeah. pretty awesome. Um, no, but like you know, when it, whenever we all get together, it's just like okay, we kind of start with a couple drinks, kind of get a feel for what's going on, and then like. It just, I mean, we we have fun. I mean, we have tons of fun. We don't, we don't fight. We don't get crazy. Like we get loud. Let me wrong. We're kind of like boisterous, and we're, you know, we kind of like command our own little circle, pretty much, and people kind of gravitate towards it. So that's the easiest way to say it, though. Okay. But we never pick fights. We never mean. We're not demeaning towards anybody. We're yeah. just, you know, it's kind of like, hey, I haven't seen you in a long time. Let's make the best of this because we probably won't see each other, or we probably won't do this again for another couple months. So let's make tonight amazing. So. Um, that's why you should live every night. When you go to the bar and hang out, they'll just sit there mopey at the bar, don't do whatever. Enjoy that night. You know, if you go out every night, it's probably a little different, but if you don't go out that much, make it the best time ever, folks. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. And, uh, so I like that fact. You guys are cool. Nobody's angry, but I got to ask this. Do you guys ever like, does anybody in the group ever pass out and start snoring during a live stream? Uh, yeah, uh, we have a soulless ginger to do that. Oh um, yeah, I I'm sorry, I have well, to talk about this. Or I'm gonna go insane. Well, here's the thing. It's like you know, if you guys don't know, we did have a live stream of uh, SummerSlam. SummerSlam, yeah, about a week or two ago. Um, and uh, I mean, it was fun. Vinny came over, and here's the thing. Like Vinny's known me for years. Um, he knows the way I drink. He knows that I don't drink. I, I drink at a steady pace, so I can sit there and hang all night. It's not my intention to get drunk. I mean, the the end result is I want to be drunk, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope happen. that's everybody's thing, whatever. I mean, if you're just having one or two beers, then what are you doing? Um, but at the same token, you know, if you know how to drink and keep yourself paced all night, like, boy, like if you know how to eat. Like, we had plenty of food. We had chips. We had, you know, all this different shit we could have done. But in all my years hanging out with Vinny, when it comes to when we met at Hooters or we went to Mazzy's or we go to, like, regular bars, he's always known me to eat and drink. Because the thing is, the food obviously, you know, cons you know, takes away being drunk pretty much. Yeah. And you got to pace yourself off because I remember in my younger years, 
I wasn't so good at pacing myself off. I used to sit there and just take shot after shot after shot and just become, you know, I just pass out. And now I'm always one of the last people to fall asleep. At the same time, I don't want to be as drunk as I wanted to. So you have to learn how to kind of like, you know, give and take, you know, when it comes to drinking. You got to know your limits. You got to know how to, you got to learn when to hold them. Learn when to fold them. Learn when to walk away. Know when to run. You never count your money. When you're sitting at table, there'll be time for drinking. When the dealing's done. done. Woo. <laughs> and that's as far as I know, because that's as far as The Rock it. was singing it. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. The Rock got up to when the dealing's done. So that's all I know. That's all the lyrics I know to that song. That's all you, that's all you know of Kenny Rogers? Kenny that's all I know. That's as far as I know. I'll tell you, you what, though. Vinnie Bucci, as a favor to me, and as a favor to all the fans out there, you got to play Kenny Rogers for an intro song. That's, that's it. You got to play The Gambler. So that way you can hear the whole song through. All right. I'll play it. So, yeah. Uh, you guys will have, now obviously you guys will have already heard this, but we haven't decided the intro song yet at the time that we're recording this. But you will hear that at the beginning of the show. Well, here's the thing. So when we're doing a show, we don't really know the name for a title. We don't know the song we'll be playing, and I think we kind of make it up on a fly. So when you guys hear it, it's like, oh, there's a song, there's a title. How they come up with it? Oh, they did it right live on the spot. Like this is not. Me and Vinny just shoot the hip. We never write anything out. We might have some topics we might want to touch on. But nine times out of ten, we get so derailed from the topics we talk about and talk about something else. The show never goes to plan, and that's the whole plan the whole time. We don't exactly. want to have we don't have want to have a plan when it comes to our show. No, Siri Bob, we want to sit there and make it as pure as organic, and um, we're not just you know going through the motions and doing a show. No, no, this is a super show, folks. We haven't been on here for a long time. I know you're. I, I heard you guys. You know, I had to go back on social media, and you guys have been like, "Where's the Elvis guy at? Where's Vinny Bucci?" No one asks where Desmond's at. I'm joking. I love Desmond. <laughs> I miss him. I haven't I haven't talked to him in a long time. I, I need I need to contact him and say, yeah. hey, you still alive? You good? Yeah, um, you, yeah, you I do need him. to talk to him. There's there's you got like weeks worth of AEW to catch up on. I know, I know. I miss that cat though. I really do. I need to give no. him a call and we get it, we gotta figure something out. I'm, I'm sorry, we got derailed again. We got derailed from doing well, the gambler. You well, know, the good old Kenny Rogers well, keeps us distracted, exactly. man. Well, that Kenny Rogers will distract me every day of the week, but well, fucking Zachari Zachariah Scott decided to drink and smoke, and that's a deadly combination. Unless you know what you're doing, um, when you smoke and you drink, and I'm not saying just regular cigarettes, folks. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Wink, wink. Um, you know, he kind of sits there, and he just he just doesn't know how to stop. So, Zach, this is an intervention. I'm going to take away your ominoes. You better stop it, son. <laughs> well, that's the thing. And the thing is this, is that, you know, and like I said before, Elvis, you know, no, Elvis knows how to pace himself in a drink. Here's the thing. I've seen Elvis drunk. He's For those of you that haven't, I'll give you the explanation. Elvis is very mellow when he's drunk. He is calm as fuck. He's the, in fact, out of all the people I've met that drink heavily, he's the only one that's mellow when he's drunk. Only one. So I don't no, mind no, seeing Elvis drunk. Fun story. I, will, I will tell you funny stories. I will yes. tell you funny stories, and I will make you laugh. That's the only That's the only time I really get riled up. Other than that, I'm a calm drunk. Yes, very calm. Zach, on the other hand, is not, um, which is why back in the day when we used to be at Hooters and he used to drink heavily, he was not always a pleasure to be around. But then once he started, you know. He was a pleasure to me. Yeah, for you he was because, you know, you, you had a drinking buddy. So he was a pleasure for you. It was not a pleasure for me. 
But once he started dialing it back a little bit, I was like, okay. And then he would get drunk, but he would know a limit. He would know when to stop and all the other stuff, and things were cool. But then, for whatever reason, whenever wrestling is involved, that's when he reverts back. I've noticed that. Like, like for example, this coming Sunday is AEW All Out, and I don't know what your plan is for Sunday. I'm hoping we can get together for that. Um, is it Sunday? Sunday, September 5th, is All Out. Oh shit! This coming that's, Sunday that's, is, is that's, all out. Well, um, that's that's fucking good timing because uh, Saturday I got pl- I got two parties to go to. Well, I got my brother's thing on Saturday and Sunday at three o'clock. I have to go to. Uh, how do I say this? My aunt's wife's fiftieth birthday party. Okay. Um. So we're gonna go to emerson i mean it's it's right be- it's, it's right between ackworth and cartersville emerson okay um we're going to a pizza place i mean we won't be there long but i will be home for the pay-per-view hopefully in time i mean then again we have the whole family there so i'm, I'm not sure if you got overbearing I, i've met your family benny they're really fucking cool i love your mom i think she's the coolest um headmaster at hogwarts i've ever seen <laughs> um i've always joked around with her because uh she kind of looks like her. I think your mom's better looking than the lady from um, Harry Potter's Hogwarts. I mean that in the most yeah. respectable way. So, so, so you're um, saying my mother looks like Professor McGonagall? She does, but I think she looks better than her. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not sorry to say it, though. Your, your mom's a very attractive woman, you know? That's, um, that's fair. I hope, I hope, that's I, I hope that doesn't come off as weird because that, that sounds kind of weird coming out of my mouth. No, now. no, 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 no. Um, saying she's attractive is not weird. If you go farther okay. than that, it'll get weird. Okay, okay. I, I wasn't sure where the line was, so I want to keep it there. But no, she's, she's a very nice lady. Attractive is the line. That's uh, very the respectable. Well, you know, she's very respectful. She works at a private school. And yes. uh, when when she told me, when I remember, the, I mean, I've met her several times, but we never really had conversations until later on. So the fir- I think the first year is more like a high and by type thing. Hey, nice to meet you. I'm Elvis, blah, 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 whatever. Yeah, exactly. But when we actually started hanging out, and I was there a lot more at the house. I really got to know her. Um, so it was really cool to really get to know her. Um, and you know, she told me she worked at a, a private school and I'm like, Oh, so you're the headmaster. It's <laughs> awesome. And I put two and two together and since then it's stuck. I was like, you know, she's yeah. the headmaster at, at Harry Potter. And your mom's cool, man. I mean, she's got a great personality. She, yeah. you know, she, she, she knows how to cut a rug. She can sit there and take jokes and give them out. Well, she's very um, good at that. Your, your, your mom's a character. Same thing, your brother, man. I love your brother. Um, you know, I think your brother, your brother is the shit. I think he is awesome. Actually, I want to be more friends with him than you, Vinny. I think the only reason I'm doing a podcast is only to get closer to him to be his best friend. So one day, two <laughs> well, things. Well, he doesn't get out it much. Turn... I'm sorry? I said he doesn't get out much, so if you're using me to get to him, that's not a smart move. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Two things. I'm going to change the booch cast over to the Lewinsky cast because my imaginary lawyers are going to give you summons one day. They'll imaginary come to your house and give you imaginary papers for you to sign, and it will be the booch cast turn into the Linsky cast with a little duct tape on it. Uh, um, second, I'm going to make an application for a best friend to give to your brother. You know, it would say, hey, do you want to be my best friend? Yes or no. It's like one of those old school kid things, whatever. Hey, man, want to be my best friend? Um, <laughs> Vinny Bucci ain't cutting the bill. I mean, it might be kind of awkward at first, but we kind of ease him out of there. I know I'm saying on your podcast, but hey, you know, yeah. such is life. I'm not cutting <laughs> the bill. But anyway. Yeah, apparently I'm not cutting the bill. All right, interesting, interesting. You're not, yeah. you're not cutting the mustard. Yeah, it's like, ah. Uh... So you're anyway, a B plus but... player, son. <laughs> apparently, uh, but one thing I, I do got to say is the thing that was bothering me. So anyway, we're we're we're, we're, we're live. If you guys saw, if you guys saw the live stream, you know what we're talking about. Those of you that missed it, I got to fill y'all in because I like I said, I didn't get this on my chest. So Zach is doing a lot of smoking, a lot of drinking, which I'm like, okay. 
But then the thing was, is you got is that because there's a lot of smoking involved, because it's Elvis's house, you know, he he has a rule. It's either his rule, uh, his wife's rule, or both. I don't know. Uh, but the rule is when you go smoke, when you smoke, you got to go outside. Uh, is that your rule, her rule, or both? Oh, it's both, man. I don't, I don't both appreciate smoking in the house. Like, I got a vape. Cool. I got a vape that I smoke inside with, but the vape is like, you know, it's it doesn't leave a trace, doesn't leave a residue, doesn't, you know what I'm saying? Fair. So yeah, okay. If anything, it might smell like raspberries. It might smell like raspberries for like two seconds and be like, oh, raspberries, okay. oh, and it's gone. Well, like I'm just checking. next week. Um, <laughs> I'm just checking because I didn't want to say no, like, the, I didn't want to I mean, say like. The thing is like, here, here's the thing, Vinny. Here's the thing, you know, when I first moved out, I remember when I was 18, 19 years old, when I first got my first apartment, I remember like, oh, I'm an adult now, I got my own apartments, and man, I could not wait. As soon as I lived up, that, as soon as I signed the papers in my new place, and I lived that first cigarette inside, I felt like a man. I'm like, oh, great, I could smoke inside my apartment, it's awesome. So I lived at that first place for about a year, two years or something. Then I moved to my next place, obviously, you know, I think after two years I moved out. I moved somewhere else. And when I moved somewhere else, I moved into a new place, and the place did not smell at all. Like, my, you know, nothing smelled at all. And I was like, well, what the fuck? Why, why the fuck am I smoking inside? This is bullshit. My, my clothes smell like shit, and my, my uh, you know, my bed liner, like, my linen smell like shit, and my towel smell like shit. I was like, you know what, though? I think after the first time I moved away and smoked my apartment, that first one I had, when I moved out, ever since then, I never smoked inside my place. It just, it, it like, to me, I couldn't do it anymore. I guess... You know, I, I just didn't like the smell of it, you know. Um, I, I smoke. I still smoke to this day. I just had a cigarette about an hour ago. Um, I go outside. I have an ashtray. have a smoke. Toss it away. And, you know, the inside of your house is your sanctuary. You want to make sure it's nice and clean. And I'm not taking it away from people who smoke inside their house. You know, that's 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 truly them because it's their own personality. I can't sit there and emphasize my beliefs in other people. But I know in my house, I don't like it. You know, that's just me. Yeah, that's fair. So anyway, but because of this, you know, obviously they go outside you know, to, to, to smoke or whatever, which, which is fine on occasion, but it was happening a lot. So I'm, I'm getting annoyed, but I'm trying to say anything. So I had to sit there and entertain everybody. Then there's the awkward moment where I get a phone call from Buff. So I got to go outside. So now there's like an empty couch there. So that was one thing that was going on. Then we had the incident where earlier in the day we were going to meet up with uh, Frank and Kathy because they wanted to come. And so we were killing time hanging out at Frank's house, saying hi while we were waiting to come over to your house. We didn't want to be too early. And then next thing we know, we find out they don't want to go. And I'm like, what the fuck? So Zach and I are already pissed about that. So I get in the car. I'm frustrated. They're going outside. I'm trying not to be a buzzkill. But I can see Zach is out of it. But the second I heard him snoring, I couldn't fucking take it anymore. I just, I had lost all patience. I had lost all tolerance. I was like, and I, and, and Elvis was there as we're leaving the house. Cause I didn't do it on the air. So I'm trying not to sell it that I'm pissed off during the live stream. I'm trying to enjoy SummerSlam when Elvis finally sat down and we're getting into the matches. I can hear Zach snoring over, over on the side and I'm just getting angrier and angrier, but trying not to sell it. Finally, we go outside. I'll be honest. I lit into his ass before we even got in the car and Elvis was there. I just yep. fucking snapped. Now, we get in the car. I'm not saying shit, because as far as I'm concerned, I got everything off my chest that I need to say. I just keep driving. And Zach turned to me and asked the question. And wait for, ladies and gentlemen, wait for Elvis's reaction when, Zach, when, when he hears the question Zach asked me. 
He turned to me and said, what did I do? Well, here's what you didn't do. You didn't hang out with your boys. Here's something you didn't do. You passed out. Like, this motherfucker, again, we, me and Zach had uh, a, a feud. Not really a feud, but we had um, uh, a rocky relationship for a bit. Um, it's personal stuff, whatever, but, uh, we, there was a, there was a, there was a period where I didn't talk to him for a bit, and I just let it go. I'm like, you know what, screw it, I'm done, you know? I, I was trying to intervene too much in his life, and I was like, you know what, though? I'm, I'm just done talking about it, I'm done doing all this stuff, whatever, but here's the thing. I know you don't like Zach when he sits there and drinks a whole bunch, whatever, and, you know, for me, I don't mind it. I don't care. You see a different side because you have to drive him home, and he's all, like, whatever. But the thing is, like, I didn't get to see him that much this year. Um, the guy's always working, and, it, I mean... His work ethic is second to none. I mean, this guy works hard. He does. Um, he enjoys working. He is a he's a tough cookie. Um, he knows what he likes. He won't be deterred from anything else. But mind you, all that information. Here's the thing that really got me mad was, you know, I I don't get to see the guy. I'm not saying like you know he has to sit there and do whatever. But you know, he he took it too far where he didn't really, you know, he just he he passed out. He passed out early, and he shouldn't have. I mean, you gotta learn how to pace yourself up and hang out with your boys. I mean, if you're gonna sit there and take the time off of work, and now you want to sit there and you need to want to sit there and get inebriated, I get it. I mean, people like to drink, people like to do whatever. I get it. I'm not gonna sit there, and, you know, say anything else. But at the same token, it's like, come on, buddy. I haven't seen you in like in a long ass time, and you know, um, it was it would be nice to kind of sit there and bullshit, and you know, we you know every time we talk, he always talks about the past times we used to drink and. Man, I, I enjoy drinking Zach. I, I know you, you're you not too keen on it, but I, I really am. Like, he, he's a good drinking buddy. But a drinking buddy's got to sit there and hang out with you the whole night, not just for half of the night and just completely fall apart. And um, let's just say I miss my drinking buddy. I miss my miss yeah. the guy who sit there all night because you remember those pay-per-views, you know, at Hooters. You know, or we went to Mazzy's. You remember, like, you know, he used to go all night. He could sit there and drink with the best of us and, you know, shot after shot. And the thing is, like, I got the shots. So I got to control the flow of the shots. And then when I got the pitchers, we control the sh the flow of the beer coming in. Um, and for him, it's like, you know, he, he, he was doing a little bit too much to kind of, you know, mix all this, this keg, this powder keg. Yeah. Um, and he was, he was he, he's doing it too fast. And I wish I could sit there and ring him by his neck and, like, motherfuckers relax like yeah. you're here like you know just take your time you know you don't have to sit there and do all that you know um you know yeah, like um, he'll make me he'll make he'll, me stop he'll, on the way over and get a six-pack and just start pop 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 like he's andre the giant or some shit like jesus christ dude well maybe you know though at the same time like you know i've been trying to get under skin and i'm not saying in a bad way i've been trying to get under skin and kind of figure out there's something wrong with them and i'm not saying like relatively wrong like there's something wrong with them mentally because we all know he is um, cause we're all his friends and we love him and we like to give him shit, but I'm trying to think to myself, like, maybe he's got some shit going on in his life that we, we haven't really scratched the surface of what's going on. There's something bugging him cause there's no way, there is no rate, there's no way, um, you know, Zach is going through all this stuff, whatever, without having some kind of, there's something on his mind he ain't really letting go. Yeah. You know, cause I mean, I'm not saying I drink to sit there and get stupid, but at the same time, it's like, you know, I drink because I enjoy it and after a long day. And sometimes it feels good just to kind of sit there and feel the spins, you know. Uh, kind of feel like the you got to hang on to the carpet so you won't fly into the fucking ceiling type situation. Not all the time, but you got to do it a little bit, right, from time yeah. to time. But um, I just feel like he's going on this crazy fucking path. And uh, I don't know, man. I just yeah. wish he kind of, you know, 
I just kind of wake up from it, or at least you know, calm down a bit. That'd yeah, be pretty the, cool, man. There's a difference between enjoying yourself and literally being dependent on something to have a good time. And I was like, I, I, I said, I even told him, I said, I think you need to see a therapist if you're that dependent on, if you constantly have to smoke that much or drink that much to have a good time, and you can't just sit and hang with your friends. Something's wrong with you. And I said that. So I'm saying well, all this. And well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I don't think a therapist, I don't think he has the patience or the money for a, a therapist. Here's the thing. But I just feel like he just needs to kind of like slow the fuck down a little bit. I mean, that's the only, uh, only advice I'd give him. I yeah. was just disappointed that I couldn't hang out with him more. That's the yeah. only thing that sucks. I yeah. just wish I would have hung out with him more. And, uh, you know, it would have been a lot more fun if he just kind of hung around because... You know, when Zach, Zach, he's fun, dude. He, he is. He is super fun. He really is. Um, he is super fun. And the thing is, like, you know, um, when he gets to that point where he just wants to pass out whatever, and maybe he's fighting through some demons, I don't know. I'm not sure what's going on. But eventually, you know, he'll get there. You know, maybe he'll listen to a podcast, and he might call us a fucking asshole or maybe airing out our, our, our grievances. But sometimes... Uh, <laughs> oh, I know I'm getting cussed podcast. out. I know I'm getting cussed out. I mean, that's, and it's fine. But the thing is, like, you know, I hope this kind of hits him a little bit more, like, towards the groin. And uh, well, takes a saran wrap off his dick and wakes up. You know, I don't know. Just, well, well, I know I, mean, I did. I Sorry, I'm going to cut you oh, off. I know you did. I know. I know. But the thing is, like, you know, he's going to sit. He's going to sit there and apologize, and then you know, um, you know, he's going to apologize, and he's going to try to do better, but he's going to fall off, whatever. And you know, even if he tries just to kind of get a little bit better, whatever, and he falls off the wagon and does it again, as long as he tries, that's fine. So yeah. I, you know, from him, I don't want to hear an apology or anything else. I just hope that next time we do hang out. He'll just, I don't, I don't want to be sober. I mean, I, I don't want a fucking sober Zachary, Zachariah Scott. Um, you know, I just want my drinking buddy back that can sit there and hang up all night. If he could do that, yeah. I'll be fine with him. If he could make that happen, that'd be cool. Yeah. I think what made me so angry was the fact that it was, we were, that this was a live stream show. We were promoting the shit out of it for months. I literally told Buff I couldn't, when they tried to change that Alabama gig, which ended up being, a clusterfuck when they did it, by the way. Um, when they tried it, because the because the because the owner of that bar had no fucking concept of wrestling reality. Um, just fuck. So that's right. Yeah, the whole thing became a clusterfuck, and I couldn't go because I had this live stream that I had put everything that I had put, you know, a lot into. I was ready for this. I was. I've been promoting the shit out of it. I was getting everything ready. I was talking to you. Is the stream gonna be ready? Is everything going well? We got this. I wanted this as organized as fucking possible, and granted, we had some tech issues in the beginning. We tried to fix them, but when Zach just passed out like that, it was the icing on the cake to a lot of shit that went wrong. And finally, I just went off. So anyway, after I after I get everything off my chest, the only time Zach and I talk is when he's giving me directions back to his house from the GPS. We're not we're barely speaking the whole car trip. I won't even look at him. I'm so fucking pissed. I'm so pissed off the whole night i'm pissed and then we finally get back to his house he asked me to pop the trunk he gets the stuff out of the trunk he opened the door he says goodbye i say see ya and he goes unbelievable man you hurt my feelings and slammed the door and ran and walked into the house i was so mad i just drove off so you wait that's uh, funny yeah so he says you hurt his feelings huh? yes and then and then and i and i got the text uh, uh, right here Literally the next day, that morning, he wrote, Sorry for passing out last night, but please don't take this the wrong way, but you really hurt my feelings. So I texted him back. 
Uh, I texted. Them, I, I didn't get the message until about thirty minutes. Now I waited thirty minutes because I woke up and saw the text, so I wasn't awake at the time he texted me. But I wrote. And this is what I wrote to him. I said, "I'm sorry your feelings got hurt, but I wouldn't be your friend if I wasn't honest with you." That was the last time we spoke. It, it, it has literally been a week. You guys patch it up. I mean, I'm saying. I'm just saying that was the last time we spoke. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying we'll never patch things up. I'm not saying that. You know, if there's a if there's a chance for us to talk, maybe there will be. I'm just saying that's the last time we spoke. But I told him I'm not. I wouldn't be your friend if I wasn't honest with you. Okay, I'm not going to pretend there's not a problem when there very clearly is a problem. And that's and again that that's where I have the issue. It's like if your idea of having fun is buzz killing my fun, then I'm going to say something, you know, that, that, that's what bothers me. It's like, this was a important event for, for me, for us, for the booch cast. And he basically fucked it up. And I told Zach a long time ago, when it comes to Benny Bootsy, there's three things you don't fuck with. You don't fuck with his money. You don't fuck with his family. You don't fuck with his podcast. He's known that forever. So when so you he talk like a fuck with your girl, then cool. <laughs> cool. You don't know that's what your parameters are at. Those like, oh, you're oh, so uh, you're Vinny's girlfriend. Hey, I just want to let you know that uh, he cares about only three things, and you're not one of them. So. <laughs> hey, you want hey hey if you're worthy of the upgrade, then we'll we'll talk. Then we'll talk, <laughs> dude. I've had dude, oh. dude. I'm being honest. I'm not trying to be an asshole. I'm just saying I've had relationships that have not lasted long. Like the longest, my, the longest my relationships have lasted is three years. That's the cap. So before I even consider marriage, I gotta be. I gotta. I gotta go three years with a girl before I even consider marriage because every relationship I've had is crapped off after three years. That's the longest. Uh, most the rest of them have lasted like eight months, three months. Like I've had. I haven't had a relationship go long enough to where a girlfriend falls into that category. So that's what I'm saying. I can't, you know, it's, I just know me. I've not done no, well in relationships. So. I, know, I get it. No, I know. I was just, I was just, I was just teasing. He's like, no, you I know, know. You don't fuck I know. Podcast, I know. You, don't fuck money, you don't fuck with my family. But uh, you said never said once about a girl. So that's, <laughs> that's, that's cool, man. Hey, Desmond, you out there, man. You know, just, uh, I want to call him start calling Desmond, Mr. Still your girl, man. You know? He's going to sit there and just swoop in and take a girl and be like, hey, man, you said you don't care. There's a recorded podcast on uh, August 30th, 2021 at around 7.57 when we recorded saying, uh, <laughs> um, you don't give a fuck. So we good. So we good, man. Nah. Nah, that's cool, man. Nah. Hey, man, uh, let's, uh, you know, it, it's, it, it is what it is. But hey, listen, I got, I got a different topic I'm going to talk about. All right. And uh, I, need, I need you to weigh in because uh, I need some advice. From Vinny Bucci, I know I usually don't come to you for advice really sometimes, but um, I almost did an impulse buy today. Okay. I almost bought a PlayStation 5 today. Ooh. All right. Yeah. No, but here's the thing. Fuck no. So two a week ago, the price for PlayStation 5 was $1,199. Damn! And that's simply just the base... The base with the fucking controller. This week, it's $873. I'm like, oh, that's about $300 cheaper or $250 cheaper. I think I might get it. And I was so, I was like clenching my fingers. I was like, man, okay, it's right there. They literally have about 17 available right now on Amazon. 
and I was like, you know what? I just sit there, I thought about it, I was at work, I was looking at videos, I was popping back and forth, I was popping back and forth, and, uh, you know, I've had a lot of vacation this time, but you know, you know that I've been, I've been away from the show for yes. a little time or whatever, so, you know, uh, I finally uh, had a time to actually sit home and not go out and do a whole bunch of crazy shit and pay my credit card back off, and I have uh, a little more than half paid off already, so I'm really proud of myself. You know, every time I pay my bills, pay my bills, and everything else goes straight to my bank, you know, right to my, uh, my credit card. So, I had the money for it, well more than I got. I think about like three or four of them if I wanted to. I don't know, but here's the thing. I don't want to pay eight hundred and sixty-three fucking dollars for a PlayStation Five. You're out of your fucking mind. Like this thing costs four hundred ninety-nine dollars. Why the fuck would I pay close to four hundred dollars more for a console? And I would know for sure. I will guarantee you if I bought this thing today. In about two weeks, they'll have it available, and it will sell for fucking $600. It might even come with a free fucking game. So I was like, you know what? No, I'll be a patient, man. I got a PlayStation 4. This thing works fucking beautifully, man. I got a PlayStation 4. I got virtual reality games. I got that um, Retro Pie with all the games with the emulators for Super Nintendo and Nintendo and arcade games from the 80s and 90s. I got games galore. And I, I even got a fucking... I went to Walmart last week, and I bought a, I bought a PC game. For the first time in a long ass fucking time, I pay, I'm playing Pillars of Eternity. Man, I got games up the wazoo. I'm like, man, I spent 10 bucks. I'm having the time of my life playing that game. I'll wait for PlayStation. No, you know what? PlayStation could wait for fucking me. I'm not waiting for that shit no more. I'm done. I'm, I'm no longer looking for it. When a price comes to where it's supposed to be, when there's no inflation, no assholes buying a whole bunch of them and reselling them for a thousand or eight hundred dollars, I'll, I'll tell you what though, I will pay seven hundred dollars for PlayStation. If it comes with like two controllers and like a headset or some bullshit like that, if it doesn't come, if it if it's a base where it just comes with the controller and the fucking um, console, they can go suck my dick. I ain't doing shit. I ain't, I ain't lying. I'm not, I'm not doing it. <laughs> I don't. I don't blame not you, man. Do it. <laughs> it's like you know what you 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 know the old saying: a fool is money, right? And I was almost that fool this morning. I was so close to it. I was thinking about it. I was pondering it. I was like, you know, walking around my, uh, you know, in my daughter's room because that's where I have my um, computer set up. So I'm pacing around. I'm thinking about, it. I'm like, oh, it's right there. I can get it right now. Now I do have to pay $350 or $360 more. I'm supposed to, but like, oh, it's totally worth it. I'll go grab it. And I was like, you know what? I made, I literally stopped, went downstairs, took my dog outside, had a cigarette, came back upstairs. I'm like, you know what? No, I fucking, I stopped. $500 is a lot of money for a console. First and foremost, let's not forget that $500 is a lot of money for a fucking console. For about $400 more, $500 more, I could get myself, like, an amazing, like, home entertainment computer. Like, you know, something like your brother has. Yeah. I could get myself a good desktop, put in my own components, you know, best computer chips, best fucking, like, um, HD cards and... All the little gadgets and gadgets. Hell, I, I, I could put a neon light in that some bitch. I could put a nice little fan. I could put an aquarium in there. I saw some cool designs out there for. Have you ever seen those cool computers, man? They have like fucking aquariums and it's got terrariums and it's got all this crazy shit inside there, man. It's pretty awesome. So, you know, and the thing is, PC gaming is way better, but PC gaming's fucking hard. Like, I, I've never really got acclimated. Like, I'm, I'm getting acclimated to the uh, computer side right now to try to play these games, and I like it. I guess I'm so accustomed to playing PlayStation, it's a lot easier on my hands and whatever, but um, I was like, man, you know, though, I almost want to, either two things, either spend $300 and buying one of those Oculus virtual realities, which I'll probably use from time to time, 
or fucking buy a home computer that has multi-purpose. I could use it for work. I could use it for play. I could maybe do some fucking cool videos and some shit. I don't know. But I don't know. PlayStation, you lost me, son. When you guys get your shit together and the price drops the way it's supposed to, then you, you can send me a little invite and says, PlayStations are here. Back at market value. And fuck you, scalpers. <laughs> Damn scalpers. It's ridiculous. I mean, I know the world's in flux with these world chips and new cars can't be sold because we have a chip shortage. I get it. You know, it's like Christmas, but it's all year long. It's like, you know, these motherfuckers are sitting there and buying up all these fucking, you know, switches and fucking Xbox Ones and uh, computers and even cars, man. Like, that's, you know, that's why the, that's why the price and inflation of cars have gone up so much. Because these fucking chips and the newer cars, they can't sell because they ain't got them. They can't put the fucking chips in the cars. That's why you have all these people buying used cars right now. And the prices for new cars are cheaper than the fucking used ones. That's insane. Yeah. It's, it is insane. You know it's that, for goddamn right? ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so, I mean, it's inflation all around. Yeah. I mean, look at the price of gas in the past month. Yeah. Food and everything else. I mean, everything's gone up and up and up and up, and everything's a shortage. You can't get the shit you want. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm a practical man. I'm more of an impulse buyer. I see. I want to buy it right there. If it's not there, can't get it. But I'll be damned. I'm going to sit there. You can bamboozle me. And fucking uh, mark the price up by 60% because you're out of stock. It's shitty. Yeah. The thing is, what if I get that PlayStation? What if I get that PlayStation that's got fucking bugs? Or some kind of hardware? Because everybody knows when you first get those fucking consoles, there are going to be some bugs. And there's no fucking, like, update I could fix that shit. You know? It's always going to be something. Exactly. I could play WE 2K20 right now, and there's, like, a million one bugs. And PlayStation 4 has been out for a long motherfucking time. Exactly. And... I don't think it's the hardware. It's mostly the fucking developers, obviously. But yeah. still, I mean, everything's in problems. So now, you know what, though? My PlayStation hunt has stopped. I'll wait for PlayStation themselves to send me an email and say, Elvis, we got you a PlayStation for $4.99. The disc th ver version. I'll tell you what, though, Elvis, just for being so patient, we're going to give you a year's full of PlayStation Plus for free. And we're going to give you a free game. I don't give a fuck if they give me FIFA fucking 2019. I don't give a shit as long as it works. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and speaking of the 2K, you, did you know they postponed 2K22 until uh, early 2022? Yeah, they better. They better. Yeah, they they because you apparently I can't remember if 2K or WWE. I think WWE's like pissed off because 2K they're they supposed to come out this year. They're supposed to come out in October because that's usually when the wrestling games hit. But they said they need more time because of um, the updates to the roster. So many people have been released. So oh, many yeah, people have been firing everybody. Yeah, because they keep firing everybody, and there's new people coming in. So they got to scramble to change shit up. So you got uh, So now they got to instead of coming out in October, it'll come out sometime maybe in March. So or February. So uh, right, I mean, right around my birthday when they come out with it. As long as, well, I'll tell you what, though, I'll, I'll buy you for I'll buy you for your birthday. How about yeah, that? I appreciate it. Yeah. So I'm just saying, you... I'll, I'll get you that for your birthday, and I'll get you uh, that. Uh... Young Bucks killing the business shit for Christmas. Yes, I, I did say I wanted that since uh, apparently I've I killed the business a while back. Um, you can yes, you, you did. Sir. You, yes, you can you watch did. killing the business. Uh, listen to our episode killing the business to find out more about that. But speaking of video games, like dude, uh, I, I gotta ask this question, and obviously because I've posted this recently on um on the Bootscast while sure. we were kind of taking breaks. Are you were you a Power Ranger fan at all? You know what um. I can't say I was a super duper fan like some people know like um, like all the 
let's just say this. When it first came out, I got into it for a bit and got myself out of it. It's like I, I know the episodes. I know the characters uh, from the first initial run. Yes. Now, anything past that, can't tell you shit about it. But yeah. I'll tell you what, when it first came out, I did watch it. That show was fucking weird. I watched it like uh, about two months ago. I, watched, I rewatched it. That show was fucked up, man. It was weird. Um, like the beginning, it was like very cheesy yet entertaining. But then, as it, as the series progresses, like the different rangers and different like stories and stuff, it gets really fucking dark. Like, how did kids watch this? Because I because everybody knows me. I it was the, it was it was the nineties, right? It was it was in the nineties when it came out. It, it, it first came out in nineteen ninety three, and it, and it lasted for three seasons. The original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. But then it upgraded to Zeo and Turbo and In Space and Lost Galaxy, Lightspeed Rescue, Wild Force, Jungle Fury, like a bunch of them. And and as I mentioned before on the Boochcast, I took a three-year journey where I binged from Mighty Morphin all the way to Beast Morphers. And that's like from 1993 all the way to 2020. Like, binge-watched years worth of Power Rangers. And... You know, because a friend of mine—I mean, not, not a friend of mine, but a random guy I met at Dragon Con, who was a, who was a huge Power Ranger fan, was talking to me about it, and he told me about all the other series. I, as a kid, I went up to Lost Galaxy, and then I stopped. Then I watched Dino Thunder and SPD, and then I stopped again. I was like, I don't need to watch this anymore. He goes, Nah, dude, they're really cool. So I went on. So I did a whole Netflix mission because they're all on Netflix, and I binged all the way through. It took me three years. And oh. the only reason it be three years because I stopped yeah. after a while, but then when COVID hit, I started up again since I wasn't getting out much except to go to Lowe's. So I would watch, um, you know, power, I started binging Power Rangers during COVID and managed to finish it up. So which that was pretty cool. But the reason I bring that up is because recently, um, like a few months ago, you know, Desmond and I were at a GameStop and... I saw this video game called Power Rangers Battle for the Grid. And I thought, I got to check this out. And it turns out it's like a Street Fighter style Power Ranger game. Oh, shit. Where you, be, but it's like, but it's like, um, it's one of those things where like, you know those like fighting games where you can have three, two or three people on a team and you can tag in and out or if one person dies, the other one jumps in. Yeah. It's that kind of game. And basically it's based off of a, a, a Power Rangers story that someone created as like a short film that's eventually going to become a fucking movie. And they built a whole video game story around that. And they brought back some of the original Rangers to uh, actors to voice their roles. And the ones they couldn't get, they just, got, they, they, they just threw them in there and they didn't talk. But they were able to get some of the actors to do the voices for the game because... You know, that's how a lot of these Power Ranger guys still make their money is they still go to like they still get invited to Power Ranger Comic Cons and, you know, doing voiceovers for random Power Ranger stuff or coming back for like surprise episodes. You know, like that's how these guys like, right. you know, and that's how they stay famous and how they make their money and everything else. And some of them do act in other movies and stuff like I know um, Amy Jo Johnson, you know, after Power Rangers, she did, she was in Felicity and she got famous off of that which is an old sitcom from the 90s or TV-style show from the 90s, Felicity. She did very well on that. So, but I watched, but I played this, I recently played the game, and I beat, I recently beat the game, and I was like, holy shit, this is actually really cool. And what was great about it was, because of my hectic schedule, I don't get to play video games as much. So, any rare moment where I can sit down and just play 
it remind it, it like reminds me of okay, I'm a gamer. That's why usually I was only playing the wrestling games because they were the only ones that appealed to me. But I got this game, and I'm just gonna say, Power, if you're a Power Ranger fan, Battle for the Grid is for you because it has all uh, practically all the Rangers in one game, and then you can also play as the villains in like the arcade version. So it's actually kind of fun. That's fun. Yeah. Once you once you get the hang of it. So I, I got a chance to check out that game, and then um, and speaking of games, this allow us to uh, segue into what we want to talk about here. We got a lot of topics we want to get into, uh, but I'll start with this one since it's the only way to segue. Apparently, as we all know, one of the biggest gamers in wrestling is Xavier Woods with uh, Up Up Down Down, his uh, popular YouTube channel. And apparently, he said this, Elvis. I want to get your thoughts on this. Xavier Woods wants WWE game in Telltale style. Ooh. Xavier Woods says he would like to see a video game in Telltale game style, where wrestling characters would be put into different scenarios, which doesn't necessarily have to do much with wrestling. WWE's games have mostly been limited to either arcade-style wrestling or wrestling simulation games, with the exception of mobile games like WWE Immortals and WWE Racing Showdown in the past, with 2002's WWE Crush Hour. I remember that game. That was a, w that was a WWE game in the style of Twisted Metal, which was fucking cool. Um... Xavier Woods says he would like for things to go even crazier with wrestlers being put into fantasy setting, for example. I love when they take wrestling characters and put them in different scenarios. I don't understand why we don't have a Final Fantasy-esque video game that has nothing to do with wrestling. But Samoa Joe is in it as one of the big bats, and he's just being Samoa Joe. But he's in a fantasy and medieval world. Woods told the, the Ringer Wrestling Show, I want to be able to use those ideas, thoughts, and personalities in different worlds. How do we not have our version of The Notebook? Let people branch out and create. Ra rising tides raise all ships. He further continued that his dream WWE wrestling game would be a WWE Telltale game. My dream for a WWE wrestling game is WWE Telltale games. You play out someone's story, but just like you would in the two, just like you would in the 2K games. Let's say it's Shelton Benjamin's story, and you get to match with Shawn Michaels in the super kick. You either input the button combination correctly, he eats the super kick, gets knocked out, and life happens as it did. Or we get the story from, like, what would have happened had Shelton won the match. So you put the input in wrong, and now you have a fully brand new, fresh, what would have happened to Shelton Benjamin in that time. Telltale games were known for giving the players the ability to make choices that affects how future events in their games play out. They have worked on properties such as The Walking Dead, Game of Thrones, Minecraft, Guardians of the Galaxy, and Batman. I haven't played Batman, but I've seen the cutscenes. Those are really good. Such a game would certainly be a really interesting addition to the large list of WWE games. Do you think WWE would ever make a game which focuses more on the narrative than wrestling? Let us know in the comments below. But Elvis, share your thoughts. Um, you know what's funny? I never even thought about it, though, because I play The Walking Dead. I play the Batman game. Um, game of Thrones. I think the Game of Thrones and the Batman one came for free. It was on a PlayStation Plus. So I do have the Batman, and it's really cool. You get to pick and choose what events you want to go on. And the fact that you don't have something like that for WWE, I mean... That's full story immersion. Um, taking the different characters, you taking like different characters and see who you want to bring on there. I mean, that's that's pretty clever, man. Um, I think Xavier hit the nail in the coffin because he maybe he played a game recently, maybe like the Werewolves Among Us or something, or um, maybe he played Walking Dead, maybe he played Batman, maybe he just likes the title because Telltale Games makes a lot of great games. It's not just the pick your own adventure, but they do other games as well too. So Telltale Games is. Really, really fucking good. Um, and having a WWE launch with all the characters and story storylines you can put on there, I mean, it's 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 a it's a home run. Just pick the people to choose for. You know, you can have like 
for instance, you could have Roman Reigns being the like the head of the table, being the big bad on that one. Um, and then let's say they use an earlier model where they have Brock Lesnar on Raw, you know, he, him being the big bad over there. Uh, Samoa Joe being the big bad on NXT, you know, come here, make your way up, whatever, and try to make a name for yourself and button combinations. What happened if you did this? You know, what happens if you beat Adam Cole or if you beat like a, um, a Walter or if you're trying to fight against Ciampa or against uh, Johnny Gargano? I mean, it'd be pretty cool making your name from there and then coming to the main roster, you know, and then having Dale Bryan. I'm not sure if he'd still be on the roster by then. I mean, he's off already, obviously, but having all these different cool characters. But Telltale Games is a fucking amazing brand. They are truly amazing what they do. So I think Telltale Games for WWE, it would be a home run. Yeah. And it, I'm pretty sure if he was to make that a project and actually make it happen, that would make, I think it'd make more money than those 2K series because there's so much story emerged and when it comes to it, and people who develop those games and add time and money and effort not really time i mean it's more time as opposed to anything because you have to sit there and add in different slides different buttons different combinations different characters um, but the immersion of you know having those characters on there it's a it's a home run so i don't see why they haven't jumped on it because everybody's everybody's played i i think battlegrounds was free last month for playstation plus and i played it it was fucking garbage um uh 2k series i've been disappointed for many many years uh really you know uh oh god yeah i it's it's garbage man it's it's hard to play it's to me, hard to play to me it's been hit and miss like i thought to me, I, I mean i might be biased but the last one i truly enjoyed on wwe was when cm punk was on a cover that was the last one i enjoyed after that was fucking garbage <laughs> Well, yeah, for me, I enjoyed, like, I enjoyed 2K19. I thought it was very good. I liked the storyline. Yeah. I thought it was very good, very well done. Uh, 2K20, I thought the storyline was absolute garbage. Um, I, I, I think it was a, I think it was stupid, um, and it, it bothered the shit out of me, that storyline. I thought it was one of the, it was, it was lazy and not well done and way too PC. So I just, for me, so I just, like, this is stupid. Uh, 2K18 was all right. 2K17 was fucking goddamn ridiculous because you took forever. If you were started off in NXT in career mode, you could be playing that game for months and still be stuck there. Like it was fucking. Is that the one? Retarded. Is that the one? Is that the one we played together? And I, I mean, I think I finally made it out of that fucking thing, but it took fucking yeah. forever, right? Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. It took a fucking eternity. You finally got to the main roster. I was still in NXT, and I finally just went fuck this. Stupid! I, I fucking hated it. That that pissed me off. But eighteen and nineteen, I kind of enjoyed. Nineteen, I definitely thought was great. Two uh, K twenty, I I didn't play it, but I saw the cutscenes. I watched the full cutscenes of the arc story mode, and I just looked at that and went, "I'm glad I didn't buy that fucking game." Um, and I'm hoping two K twenty two, they get their shit together. I, I mean, I really do hope this uh, AEW video game comes out, and hopefully, I'll have it by. Um... Hopefully I'll have it by um, when the PlayStation when I finally get my PlayStation Five. It'd yeah. be pretty nice. Oh yeah, and I, I definitely want. I'll definitely be wanting to play that with you and see if it's any good. But yeah, I, from what I've seen, they definitely want to do a lot of good with that game, and I, I look forward to seeing what they do with it. I know they want to have like the graphics and the gameplay of No Mercy, but at the same time, you got to. I, I I know people love No Mercy, but you have to take two things into account. I love No Mercy. 
The graphics for its like, time were, was, a, was a perfect game. It was a good game for its time, but compared to well wrestling, to how games look today, the graphics are crappy and the dialogue isn't great. I, I, I still, I just, I want them to have that type of feel like gameplay, but I also want to see, you know, good graphics, which, which from the trailer look fucking great. And also if there's a storyline, I want voice dialogue. I don't want it to be like just clicking a button, which, which in a way is kind of like a telltale situation because in the storylines before they started having the wrestlers talk. You had they really they let you basically were clicking buttons and deciding what you were gonna say back, which is that kind of, which I think is kind of like a telltale game in a way, right? Or am I way off base here? It's it's not too far it's not too far off from what you're saying. Yeah, that's that's you're about right. All right. Well, uh, um, I, I mean, like I, I remember I remember like No Mercy and uh, was it No Mercy WrestleMania? No, I forget which one it was. I think it was No Mercy. Where you actually have dialogue and you got to choose your different stories. That was like, that was the one I loved the most. Yeah. You just sit there and play the game many times, and, go through, and like you're supposed to unlock certain things, you know. So yeah. it was definitely a lot of fun. And you had money, and you had, to, and you would either make money or have to spend money depending on the situation. You won or lost money, like depending on the choices you made. So there were a lot of there were a lot of good moments depending on which title you were chasing for and decisions you made. Um, and now, in other news, we got to cut to this here. This is um, it's a little bit of a sad moment, but thankfully people have had time to uh, process this. But we're going to address it since we haven't had a chance to. Uh, you know, one of the things in wrestling that's really sad is when someone is when someone uh, passes on. And recently, we had we lost another legend in the business, well-respected man. That is, of course, beautiful Bobby Eaton has passed away. Uh, beautiful Bobby Eaton passed away at the age of 62. News of his passing was announced by his sister on Facebook. Uh, she wrote, I never wanted to have to post this, but my little brother, beautiful Bobby Eaton, passed away last night uh, at the time this was written. She wrote, when I found out all the details, when I find all the details, I will post them. Bobby was the kindest, loving person you would ever meet. I loved him so much, and I'm going to miss him. Please say a prayer for my niece, Taryn. She found him, and she just lost her mom a little over a month ago. Debbie Eaton Lewis posted to Facebook. And then, of course, we see some tweets from the Cauliflower Alley Club, Bobby Fulton. Uh, they all wrote, um, you know, how rough it's been and the passing of Bobby Eaton. And Eaton was inducted to the Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame and Museum in Wichita Falls, Texas, as a member of the Midnight Express in 2019. He was inducted to the Wrestling Observer Newsletter Hall of Fame along with Dennis Condry and Stan Lane in 2009. The Midnight Express were also voted the Tag Team of the Year by the publication three years in a row from 1986 to 1988. Eaton was voted most underrated by WON in 1985, 86, 1990, I'm not going to lie, and I know he's dead, whatever. I wasn't always the biggest fan of his. I wasn't a follower of her, of his, you know? Let's just say that. Um, so I, I want people to take it the wrong way. He's like, what do you mean you're not a fan of beautiful Bobby? And I just really, you know, like, there's wrestlers you follow, some, some wrestlers you didn't. Bobby Eaton wasn't one of the people I followed. Um, I might get some at, at, at me's, whatever, at uh, in the post, whatever. That's fine. I get it. You know, I just... At least I can be honest and say I wasn't really a fan. I never really. I tell you what, I don't even know what his finisher was. Um, yeah. 
I don't really know much of him. I saw him a little bit, but I wasn't really a big fan of his because I, he never really did anything for me. Now, I know he, he can go. He's a good hand, you know, based on what Jim Cornette likes to talk about, obviously. Um, but um, what can I say? I wasn't the biggest fan. Some people would be like, oh, he was the greatest. He was my favorite and have all these great matches to think about. But I can't think of what match he was in. Um, I'm not a Wikipedia like you are. Um, so I'm not going to sit there <laughs> pretend like, oh, well, he was, he was the best and whatever. I mean, I'm pretty sure he was a good hand, but some people like to pretend like um, they're fans when they're not. I'm sorry, I, I, I'm laughing because he mentioned Wikipedia as I went to Wikipedia. <laughs> I literally just clicked on it <laughs> so right when you said. He's like, I'm not on Wikipedia like you, and I'm like, fuck, I just clicked on it. Now I don't know what to do. <laughs> but it's true. So you just looked yourself in the mirror then, right? But yeah, I was just literally like, crap. But uh, I'm sorry. I need. I, I have to brush up on some of my I, – look, I know I'm known for being a wrestling encyclopedia, but sometimes you got to still – you know, spark the memory a little bit. There's only so much information I could download into my head at a time. Okay? So, but yeah, but he legit was a great wrestler. You know, they said that um, he died in his sleep, um, you know, in his home. So he, uh, he went so peacefully. Peaceful. Yeah, it was a peaceful. It was peaceful. Um, and of course, but I'm saying the clap, but these guys definitely had classic matches. Like their rivalries were with the Rock and Roll Express. Um, they had, um, you know, the Road Warriors. They had great matches with them. They Him and Stan Lane were tag team champions, like, almost everywhere they went. And one of the most legendary things was uh, the, the rivalry they had with uh, Brian Zink and um, Brian Pillman. With Zink and Pillman. Where, um, it, where the goal was they were going to use that feud to get Brian Pillman over. Before uh, Jim Hurd and the booking committee fucking just fucking buried it and screwed up all the plans that uh, Cornette and Ric Flair had to make Brian Pillman a fucking star, which we won't go into detail about that. But at some point, um, when we do Dark Side of the Ring, we're going to be covering Brian Pillman, and I'll talk more about that. But we'll definitely talk more about that. But anyway, um, you know this guy who had was one half of the Midnight Express. He was one of the greatest. One of the greatest tag teams on the planet under, you know, that were managed by Jim Cornette. And they did a hell of a great job. They fought the Hollywood Blondes. They've been in the ring with Lord Steven Regal. They've, you know, they practically dominated WCW. They were one of the most decorated tag teams of all time. And, you know, they're, they have not gone into the WWE Hall of Fame, but they are definitely worthy of going in. And... Even though, and even though Cornet has this issue with WWE, he has said that if they offer, the, if they offer to induct Cornet with the Midnight Express, he will take it. But he's not, he's not eager for a solo induction. But if he did go in with the Rock, with the sorry Midnight Express, he would take it. Yeah, he did say that. I remember that. Yeah. So, but yeah. So, uh, and, corny. Yeah. And speaking of corny, if, if you, I haven't heard his podcast, but from what Gator told me. Cornette's practically crying throughout the podcast talking about Bobby Eaton. Like, he barely gets through it. Oh, wow. Like, it's the most emotional podcast he ever told. And here's the other interesting thing. As much as Cornette has bashed Tony Khan, the one time Cornette praised Tony Khan was for how AEW did with their tribute to Bobby Eaton. He did give props and praise to Tony Khan for a job well done 
on their tribute to Bobby Eaton. Well, he gave two praises. He loved the way they brought in CM Punk, too. Yes, which ironically is what we were just about to get into because I know Elvis has been waiting to talk about this and um I and and as I as I as I pull out my dinner which is a uh, a giant piece of crow with a slice of humble pie uh CM oh, Punk Wait, 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 could you, could you, could you, could you say that one more time? I said, as just I, just for our good fans out there who are listening. Yes. As I, as I pull out my dinner, which is a giant piece of crow with a slice of humble pie for dessert. Ooh. Uh, Ooh. Ooh. CM Punk debuts on AEW Rampage. will face Darby Allen at All In. CM Punk finally made his return to pro wrestling and did it on Friday's episode of AEW Rampage from Chicago, Illinois at the All-State Arena. The fans went nuts. He dove into the crowd and hugged several of his friends at ringside. He cut a promo about how he didn't know what he was going to say until he felt the crowd. He said he has a lot to say, and he will get to that later. He said that he couldn't stay in the same place that got him sick in the first place. Punk said that he felt before like he had to leave. He said in August 2005, he felt like he had to leave Ring of Honor. And it boiled down to him finding a place where he found a where to make a name for them, where people can make a name for themselves and leave. He said in 2005 he left pro wrestling, but in August 2021 he's back. Punk said he's back for himself and the fans because there's a lot of talent he wishes he could he could have been around. He said he's back to work with young talent and there are a few scores to settle. He called out Darby Allen, said that he's good. Punk said that he's here to help Allen, so he challenged Allen at all out. Oh, God, you know, it just feels so good being so right. You know, I told you guys, you know, I told you guys, this little t-shirt company, that little train that could, you know, choo-choo, choo-choo. This train is bound for glory. This train is bound for glory. This train. Wrong pay-per-view, you know, wrong company. You know, you know, I'm just saying that, you know, it's great. I mean, the, the door's open. So, I mean, we could use whatever we want. <laughs> I could use New Japan shit if I want to also. Because we have a revolving door. I could sit there and go, Welcome to Impact. Welcome to New Japan. AEW Rampage. Whatever. Um, but here's the thing. CM Punk, a person who said he'd never step foot in a wrestling ring again, is back. Okay. I I was dude. I remember watching it, and like you know, the show started. They showed little clips on the beginning. The the crowd's going crazy. CM Punk, CM Punk. Now listening here, the cult of personality. I had fucking goosebumps. I was thinking like, I hope they don't swerve us. They better not fucking swerve us. They better not fucking swerve Chicago because that'd be the death of it, right? Yeah. And then he comes out slow and steady and like. Dude, I had, like, fucking goosebumps everywhere. I'm like, dude, this is the best fucking day ever. So it started with CM Punk. And uh, that was just one. I called a long time ago, but we got that motherfucker back. Um, then Dale Bryan, he's coming because he's going to be there for the pay-per-view that comes after. Uh, not, actually, actually, I think he might even be there this Sunday, um, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I've heard talks of Bray Wyatt. Who's coming out there? There's a good chance of uh, my good buddy, Buddy Murphy. He might be coming out. Um, so look at the roster we have right now. We had Daniel Bryan, CM Punk, Bray Wyatt, Buddy Murphy, Moxley, Miro, Cody Rhodes, Kenny Omega, The Young Bucks, Hangman Adam Page. All on the same fucking show, man. Like, 
Remember I told you about a year and a half ago, two years ago, like, we have the show we have right now, but eventually, like, the cream is going to rise to the top, and the other ones better fucking show up or show up or do something different. They're doing it. And not only that, though, we're bringing in local talent. They're building up MJF. They're building up all these young talents, Jungle Boy Jack Perry. All these different characters they're building up. And I noticed a couple of them you wish they did more with, and I, I get your sense of it on it. I know, I know. We don't have to get into that. I know, I know, Arthur. I know what you're talking about. Um, oh, I haven't even started the thing yet. Is like, oh, when I even get there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I will not let you be smirched a good name of AEW or TK. Okay. Um, <laughs> but here's the thing. Like, my little wrestling company, my little t-shirt company, from its humble beginnings, a dream of selling out a building in Chicago, which everybody thought was impossible, made it happen. They put in a show that's second to WWE at the current moment, but I think it's better WWE, tell you the truth, because WWE, I mean, God, what the fuck are they doing to NXT? Oh, we're going to get to I NXT, think... we're going to get to NXT very soon. We'll get to I was going to say, because I gave my daughter, like, a picture of NXT, like, it was a blank piece of paper, and I gave her a whole bunch of crayons, and I, I, I gave it to Vince, and he fucking loved it. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> just took a whole bunch of crayons and she started swimming <laughs> everywhere and like i gave it to vince I'm like vince what do you think he's like this is good shit pal i'm like oh my god thanks vince my daughter drew it she's like whenever she's of age she has to come work for us she's a fucking genius and yeah. i'm like thanks vince i'm an aw guy he's like what's aw i'm like i know brother i know what you're saying ladies and gentlemen our new graphic designer <laughs> zoe dolinsky <laughs> good shit any ideas <laughs> for uh royal rumble Vince, we got you. <laughs> Yo, you'll be funny. Good you'll shit. be funny. Vince would be like, that's good shit. And Zoe would be like, language. Oh, oh, she would too. Language. Vince, daddy. He said shit. I'm like, I know. He says that sometimes. I don't like you, Vince. Oh, well, I'm, uh, I'm yeah. sorry. God damn it. <laughs> yeah. I always feel bad whenever she's in the car with you and I accidentally cuss. I hate it. I'm so sorry. And I apologize all the time for that. I, I hate it. But it just, it, I know. It slips. It's, it's an accident. <laughs> I just think it's funny, too, and the thing is, like, she calls you out, too. I think we had a podcast, the trivia of Zoe. Um, you said a couple times, and she, like, she's like, language, and she called you out. She's like, he's like, you're like, oh, shit, sorry. I mean, fuck, shit, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like, shit, fuck, um, sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, um, no, man, but, like, yeah, my little t-shirt company, that could be, man. I mean, listen here, man. I know I'm, I'm a big AW guy. Always have been. Um, you know, I love WWE. I used to love WWE. Um, back when it was great for a small little stint, whatever. And I mean, I wish this competition would make Vince or Triple H or someone take notice and make wrestling better. I think we're living in a golden age of wrestling. And I think you agree too. I know you don't agree with AEW, a lot of things they do and their booking and their story matches and your outcomes when it comes to things. But once you agree, this competition that we're bringing, I mean, like, it's going to light a fire under Vince's ass or at least Triple H's ass eventually, right? It's going to happen, right? I mean, you got to tell me it's going to happen. Here's the thing. Um, and this is what I'm going to say. I loved CM Punk's promo. Right. I thought it was very well done. I was impressed with what I saw. And here, although I will say, like, here's the thing. I thought the promo was awesome. And I did find it. I did. I did like the fact that he addressed that there were some people that felt let down or upset by his personal choices. And he even said, I understand. 
but I need you guys to understand I was not going to get better staying in a place that got me sick in the first place. And it got a pop. But I like the fact that CM Punk acknowledged that there were fans who did feel let down. Because in a lot of ways, they did. Like, there were some guys that were like, you know, because when you, when you decide to quit and walk out on a wrestling company, as someone who has done that before, uh, when you do that, there are people in the back that do feel let down. Even if you're making the right decision, which Punk did and I did, um, there's still people that do get affected by it. And, you know, Punk knew that, like, there was matches in place. They had to redo a lot of things. There were some people that had to change some stuff. There were fans that felt like Punk didn't care about them because it's like, you know, everybody, it's like, it's, it's the argument I used to make whenever people would hijack the show chanting CM Punk. It's like, look, you're sitting here cheering him. He's at home not thinking about you. He's not giving a shit about any of you. That was the perception I had. It was a perception everyone had. That had a brain. Like, why are you chanting his name? The man doesn't care about you. So when Punk is sitting there going, for seven years, I heard you. That was the most brilliant thing he could have said. Everything Punk did was brilliant. That being said, I have two critiques. Because I wouldn't be me if I didn't have a critique. Number one, I feel like Punk became the very thing he swore to destroy. Because he used to harp on guys who pandered to the crowd. And yet there he was, hugging and diving into the crowd. I'm like, bro, bro, you ain't practicing what you preach, bro. I mean, there's nothing wrong with love. There's nothing wrong with loving the fans, but don't give other people shit for loving the for pandering to the fans. And you're clearly doing that at your entrance. So I thought a little, little bit hypocritical, just a tiny bit, tiny bit, not not full blown well, I mean, hypocrite, well, I mean, but tiny you- bit, tiny bit. Well, here's saying. the thing. I mean, like, here's the thing. What, how would you how would you have done that though? I mean, you know, he was sought after for so long. He was sought after for so long to come out, and you know, he was telling us for years that he didn't want to come out. How do you not address your hometown crowd? How do you not pander to that crowd? Now that I'm not even pandering to his only his home crowd, hometown crowd. I'm from Chicago. I grew up there. I've lived I've lived here longer than I lived here in, in Chicago. But I grew up there, so to me, that's always going to be my hometown. That's my yeah. roots. That's where I grew up. That's where I learned everything, right? That's where I learned, you know, growing up, being a kid, watching whatever, TV, wrestling, and all that different stuff, whatever. So how do you not pander to it, though? How do you not sit there and cater to it? Oh, I agree. Um, I'm, it's, and, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of interested in seeing what's going to happen once, uh, you know, his debut's done. He's already done his first Dynamite, you know, kind of like indulge a little bit more. He talks about he wants to see if he still has it, which he does. Um, he wants to go through Darby Allen, and he's got a whole roster of people he wants to go through, you know. So with that said, he wants to work with the younger talent, so that's fine, and I'm completely fine with it. So I want to see if like is he going to keep this kind of personality going on the same way? Is he going to do a heel turn? I don't know. There's so many possibilities for Punk right now. I'm excited to see what the narrative and what's going to happen next. I don't know what's going to happen, but at the same token, I'm happy he's here. I'm 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 happy for the fact that. For seven years, he's been hearing the fans, and he finally decided to come back and do something about it. And yeah. now, 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 this company seems to be white lightning hot because you have Daniel Bryan, possibly a Bray Wyatt, uh, Buddy Murphy, supposedly, and all these other different cats coming. Even uh, Ruby Riot, I think her name's gonna be Ruby Soho. Um, she's gonna be coming out soon. If all these different people coming out of the woodwork to come work for this company, that you know, for 
all intents and purposes, everybody think is, uh, you know, people either love it or hate it. I mean, there's some people who are kind of like, meh, it's okay. But um, the fact that we have a different company that people are talking about, it's pretty darn amazing. So, I mean, I'm, I, I for one am happy. Could it be better? Yeah, it could always be better. But then again, WWE could be a lot better. They yeah. should be a lot better. They're a lot better than they're supposed to be right now, and they're not. Yeah. They should be leaps and bounds better than what they're at right now, but they become too comfortable. They, they, they've been relaxing on their laurels. They haven't been doing anything. Mm -hmm. You know, they've been really relaxing days ago on getting things taken care of. So, yeah. for my end, I, it's more like a shame to WWE. The fact that you're... I, I'm glad you released all those people. They have a place to go. And thank God they have a place to go, because otherwise it would be Impact or NWA or Back to the Indies for most of these people. At least they got a. At least they got a place they can sit back and actually make some good money. Yeah, and that being now that being said, but like I said, that I just thought that was the only part that I thought was like, all right, punk. All of a sudden, you're uh, kind of having to change your heart on your ideals, which happens. People change their minds, but that was just something that caught my attention. But then there was the second thing, which to me was the was the only buzz was the buzz kill for me. CM, we have the returning CM Punk. Takes his digs at WWE. Crowd goes crazy. Milks the crowd for all it's worth. It's a one-hour show, but he's dominating it as well he should. Because I'm pretty sure whatever's following what he's doing is going to be a waste of time. But we then get, he's going to, he's coming to All Out. He's coming to Chicago. The prodigal son comes home. He's in AEW, and his debut match is Emo Knievel, the human pincushion. Oh, my God. Are you, you shit me? Let that go, pal. No, because that's his well, claim well, to fame. How well, I, I'm getting the shit beat out of me every week. That's his claim to fame, who's latching on to Sting for some level of relevancy and is going into this feud with CM Punk. And I'm like, Darby Allen? Seriously? That's your debut? There's so many other people you could have put here. You choose fucking Darby Allen. Oh my god. This Jesus got it Evan. It all I know is well, this. If Punk can make people look good, this is his test right here. Well, you know, he's gonna start from the bottom. He's at least he's not going straight for the title. He might as well. I mean, like, I mean, I've said no. it before and I'll say it again. They they cut the hangman's nuts off and put it in a jar in Kenny Omega's EVP office. And now he's going up against Christian Cage, which is a joke in of itself. Why is that? Because it's Christian freaking Cage. There's oh not a damn God. thing you know, special about like, this you know, guy. He's the guy that everybody puts on a I pedestal so... when his solo run's been garbage. Nope, you're wrong. It's, it's absolute. Oh my god! Like, I'm so glad you don't do any AEW recaps because you are, you are just a spoon-fed fucking WWE fanboy. How how am I a fanboy for telling it like it is? I literally just praised CM Punk. So how are you saying I'm a fanboy? I literally just gave props for a job well done on CM Punk's debut. If I was a fanboy, I would have shit all over this. So so, how, in what way am no, I a man. fanboy? Because like. I, where's your faults in WWE, man? Like, where's your faults in every, everything else? Have you not like, heard I mean, the recap AW of SummerSlam? I practically buried it back to the Stone Age. I shit on WWE all the time. Yeah, but I don't even. 
I barely even watch Raw. I don't even watch Monday Night Raw. I barely watch SmackDown. The only show I even watch anymore is NXT. So there's no there's no favoritism. It's just we talk mostly AEW and NXT on the Boochcast. But I, trust me, I could give WWE the same type of ass chewing. I've done it multiple times. Hell, give Char Charlotte Flair won the Raw Women's Title. You don't think I buried that on last week's show? You don't think some four-letter words came out of my mouth? You don't think I was pissed the fuck off? You saw me at the watch party. I was pissed the fuck off. I saw Matt Riddle walk into the ring. I, know, I damn near had, I damn near got freaking annoyed because I can't stand his ass. Trust me. And and, you like and, the, and if you, you really want to see me shit, on that's your problem. You don't like you don't, you don't you don't you don't like good wrestling though. That's the thing though. Like you don't like good wrestlers. It's weird. It's it's almost you like all the spoon-fed wrestlers. It's crazy. So it's it's cool, man. I mean, teach their own, I guess. You know? I'm just saying. You, so I'm just saying. I, if, if you now, if you want now, if you got now, if you want to disagree with me on how I feel about Darby Allen or Christian or Adam Page, we got something to talk about. But don't sit here and act like I'm some fanboy who's playing sides. I I rip WWE apart just as much as I do AWL. There's times where NXTs piss me off, and I've let them have it. Actually, we talk about AEW more okay. because that's the conversation you and I always have. Because you're heavy into AEW, which is fine, and I am too. Like I said. I didn't say, I must say AEW is completely terrible. They just do a lot of things that piss me off. And every now and then, I see something that's really cool. Like I thought, like I said, Punk had a phenomenal debut. There's a lot of guys I want to see him work with. Unfortunately, Darby Allen is not one of them. But if the match ends up being great, then if we do, if, if you and I watch All Out together and that match tears the house down, I will gladly say on this show it tore the house down. If it does. I don't. I. I'm not a fan of Darby Allen, but if Punk can get a good match out of him, so be it. I will say it. I will say it. But if it okay. doesn't, if the match ends up sucking the gay out of Liberace's anus through a bendy straw, you know I'm gonna tear it apart. Oh, you like you like that, don't you? You like sucking assholes through a fucking bendy straw, don't you? <laughs> no, I like the bendy straw line because it makes people laugh. And anyway, okay. we got. Well, we're still on CM Punk. Uh, he reveals how long he's talked to AEW. Uh, CM Punk has unveiled how long he has been speaking to AEW. Punk made his AEW debut in front of a jam-packed United Center in Chicago, Illinois. Punk opened up the second episode of Rampage. Following an emotional entrance, Punk addressed the fans. He said he didn't blame those who were disappointed by his absence, as I mentioned before. Punk also said he felt he hasn't truly been a part of the wrestling industry since he left Ring of Honor. With his AEW signing, Punk said he now feels he's truly back. And then turns attention to Darby Allin. The two will collide at September 5th at All Out. Punk took answer to the media following Rampage. He revealed how long he had been speaking to AEW. I'll go ahead and spoil that I've been talking to Tony for probably a year and a half about this. Some girls are easy to get into bed. I am not. I need to be wined and dined. That's not, oh, I need more money and less dates. And, oh, I need this and I need that. It was literally just talking to Tony and getting to know him. And the more people that he employed that I knew, I asked them questions and they tell me things. I've been in the game for a few minutes, you know, so I've seen that. I, tr I think I traced it back to, especially since the downfall of ECW, every single month of the year, somebody pops up, I have money, we're going to have TV, and we're going to use all the ECW guys. This is not a slight on Tony at all. It's more of, it's more of a slight at me being a paranoid, neurotic, anxiety-ridden, very careful person, and I wasn't in a hurry. That's some honesty right there. The pandemic kind of helped that out too, you know, and I knew I couldn't debut if there's no people in the building. Smart. So I always say timing is everything, and there were a lot of happy accidents along the way that made this possible. CM Punk had been away from the wrestling business since 2014. He left WWE following the Royal Rumble pay-per-view. 
Punk expressed dismay with the lack of time off and how the WWE medical team handled his staff infection. He also took issues with some creative decisions. Yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, everything he says holds true, man. Even that promo that he did a long time ago with the pipe bomb still holds true to today. Yeah. I mean, I don't have to go, I don't have to go through the logistics of it. I mean, we all heard that promo a million one times, at least I have. Um, you know, you played so much, and, you know, you don't want to send it to resonate, but it surely still resonates to this day. Um, but no, man, you know what, though? Just, you know, to kind of put a pin in this one, I'm happy he's back. I'm looking forward to the future of all the people they're going to add to it. I think... Uh, this has been an interesting year for uh, AEW. Um, I think it's been an interesting year for all wrestling fans. I think it's going to get better. Uh, let's see what 2022 brings up together because this year is slowly winding down. I can't believe it's August. It's almost September now. Buddy. It's almost it's September, great. man. We're a couple days away. I can't believe 2021 has gone by so quick. It's like insane how fast it's yeah. been going through. Yeah. It doesn't feel like it has till you really look back on it. Because it feels like a slow burn, but it's yeah, not. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I was working for a different insurance company. Now I work for a different one now. I work, I left Geico. Now I'm with Progressive, and uh, I couldn't be happier for it. Um, uh, Zach still washes dishes, so that's good. Uh, we have been feeding him ramen noodles. We should do a year in recap of all of the stupid shit that's been on. Uh, well, actually, um, if we can, I, I, I was, I was actually, my plan is in December. Um, usually in December, I do like a New Year's like recap of like, you know, everything that's gone down, all the changes that have happened. We kind of like a look back kind of thing. So if you want in December, we can do that because I'm sure by the time we get there, we'll have a lot of we'll have a lot of shit to talk about. All of us. Absolutely. And absolutely. And, yes. That would be pretty cool. And in other news, we'll jump over here real quick. Uh, we talked about this earlier. Uh, NXT. <laughs> Here's the news. WWE returns to classifying NXT as developmental. WWE is back to classifying the black and gold brand as developmental. As pointed out by Levy, Levy Mac Margolin on Twitter, according to their quarter report with the SEC, WWE is once again labeled NXT as developmental. In page 33 of the report, under operating metrics, item 3 states, metrics exclude the events for our domestic and United Kingdom NXT brands. These are our developmental brands that typically conduct their events in smaller venues with lower ticket prices. We did not conduct any ticketed NXT events in the pr periods presented. This recent classification as a developmental territory is contradicting recent statements made by WWE executives and superstars that concluded NXT was considered a third brand. Two years earlier this year, Triple H said that Finn Balor's return cemented NXT as WWE's third brand. Two years ago, Adam Cole was, was quoted saying in an interview with Newsweek, we've called it this for a while, but we look at NXT as the third brand. When asked about whether the show's move to USA qualified it as so. With live events back in play due to looser COVID restrictions, it'll be interesting to see if WWE still keeps NS NXT and developmental classification. Wow, well, I just think that logo looks stupid as fuck, man. I don't see anybody wearing that t-shirt. I can see, like, the black and gold shirt, everybody wearing that shit because people like to rep that out, right? This whole... Someone just dropped a whole bunch of paintballs on a fucking logo. looks like look complete garbage. It truly does. I'm sorry. My daughter could do a better job. She could color within the lines, whatever. That shit looks like horrible. I don't know. I'm not sure who got. Because the thing is, when it comes to these logos, you have to run it past a certain amount of people. What about this one? What about this color scheme? What about this texture or whatever? It looks like garbage, man. I'm sorry. Like if this is, uh, I WWE just can't get out get out of its own fucking way, man. It just can't get out of its own fucking way. It's horrible. Yeah, it's. This literally looks like graffiti. Or 
or like oh we're so intense Ooh. yeah or it's like angry it's like angry art like a guy took a bunch of paint and just threw it on the canvas like this expresses my artistic rage oh he's so grave and creative yeah. i'm like happy but like not i'm only happy when it rains yeah exactly like this is this is the kind of shit it's kind of shit darby allen would paint but anyway <laughs> Well, Darby Allen always like you know dark colors like black and gray true, yeah. and little shades of white with black in it. So yeah, this this is... watch yourself, buddy. Watch yourself, buddy. Yeah. yeah, I let you slide. I let you slide, but watch yourself. I'm watching. I'm watching. But and the thing is this: I've always called NXT in the beginning of developmental brand. I literally had wrestling fans who nailed me to a fucking cross if I ever said NXT was developmental. They're like, no, it's own third fucking brand, man. And I'm like, look. They got some big stars in there, but really, they're this is where they train a lot of people to get them ready for the main roster. That was NXT's original creation, or original reason why it was created. Then they started, it started getting on TV, people started loving it, so it became like a third brand. Then AAA started treating it like a third brand, so much so that they've allowed NXT stars to be part of the Royal Rumble. Um, you know, they also allowed... Uh, you know, N NXT people to be part of, you know, Survivor Series at one point. Like, they were literally bringing NXT into the forefront of WWE, and it was just something that everyone enjoyed, everybody loved, and everybody can get behind. You know, with Enzo and Cass being one of the best tag teams that never held the NXT tag team titles. The Ascension were taken seriously in NXT. You know, hell... Keith Lee was a big star out there. Finn Balor was a star over there. Is a star over there. Like, there's a lot of big-name great things that happened in NXT. Some of its greatest moments. The takeovers were phenomenal. Now, as far as whether or not NXT is going to come back to the fray as far as buildings go, I still maintain that NXT TakeOver 36 should have took place in an arena. There is no reason. I can understand... The TV shows being taped at the Classic Center. Fine. Keep them in the CWC. You went through the trouble to build the damn thing. It costs a lot of money. Um, you know, because you guys could no longer have access to Full Sail University because of COVID. So you moved it over here into the Performance Center at CWC. I get it. It's great. But for pay-per-views, NXT can still draw. It can still sell tickets. Now... I don't know if it's going to be able to when they start raping, pillaging, and plundering the roster by either sending, by either kicking them to the curb or calling everybody up, but there's potential for this because there's still a lot of big names in NXT, and the takeovers have always been amazing. In fact, there's been maybe two or three takeovers in the history of NXT that have sucked. The rest of them kicked ass and took names. But I think the biggest blow to NXT was they had a list of people that got released. Of the people who got released, though, there were only three real releases, and the rest of them were people that didn't move the needle at all. So I'm not really upset about a lot of the NXT releases. Here's the list. And I'll let, I'll let Elvis guess the three that were bullshit. But here's the list. Bobby Fish, Bronson Reed, Jake Atlas, Ari Sterling, Kona Reeves, Leon Ruff, Stefan Smith, Tyler Rust, Zechari Zechariah Smith, <laughs> Asher Hale, <laughs> Giant Sanjir, and Mercedes Martinez. Elvis, 
Would you like to guess the three that were bullshit? Jose Martinez, Bobby Fish, and Bronson Reed. Correct. Or, oh, sorry, I should say correct. The rest of them could fucking go. Mm -hmm. Jake Atlas wasn't doing shit. Leon Ruff shouldn't have had a contract in the first fucking place. And Tyler Rust, I mean, yeah, it hurts the diamond mine a little bit, but he was the guy that was less likely to really succeed in the, di in the diamond mine. But the rest of them could fucking go. You know, they can fucking go. But Mercedes was a dumbass choice because now you don't have a lot of dominant women on the roster. Bronson Reed was bullshit because he was getting over his thick boy. And Bobby Fish was yeah, just wasn't he, was, was, wasn't he just like wasn't he just like um, North American champion not too long ago? Yeah, until he dropped the belt to uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott. And that just made no sense. And then like Mercedes, you guys just got her too, like not too long ago. I remember I was upset when you guys first got her. Yeah, we got her, and then I, mean, I remember there was there was there, there was literally there were tears in Elvis's eyes when she showed up at the Royal Rumble. Literally tears in the eyes. Yeah. I mean. And then, but then, but then they had her on NXT. Then they put her on the main roster in that Retribution faction. But then she was able to get out of that and go back to NXT because she saw that Retribution was not getting over because they fucking they built it up and tore it down within a week. Yeah, was it was a um, Dominic Dijakovic? Man, I feel sorry for him. Yeah, I feel so bad for him. He was so good in NXT, and then he brought him with Retribution, and he still got to live the he still got to live that part. He's going to go the way of Ascension, pretty much, unfortunately. That's that's Ascension. That's death, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, that was that was literally the dumbest thing they could have done. That first Retribution looked great because the problem I had with Retribution was that it was all NXT call-ups. I would have liked it a lot better if it had been a bunch of guys who got released, but then WWE brought them back. That would have been better to have, like... Uh, the list of guys that got released because they would be the ones with a legitimate gripe to want to set the building on fire and attack everybody. You know, Vince left, kicked us out on the street during COVID we, and, and where we couldn't make money, you know? So, you know, it's like they could have had the fuck you old man mentality and gone fucking crazy. But instead they made a bunch of NXT like call-ups and gave them contracts within three weeks of the storyline. Yeah, and it's like, we tried to go working somewhere else in our underwear, and guess what? We couldn't fucking do it. Yeah. Fucking bullshit. He took her jobs. That was pretty much it. He took her jobs. He took her He took her jobs. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways, uh, and then we have an well, update on the... Sorry. Go ahead. I was saying, but next, we have an update on the USA Network's response to recent NXT releases. Here's what the USA Network had to say about all this. Over the last few days, several stories regarding the future of NXT have broken. These include the 13 names released from the brand on Friday night, I already mentioned. Rumors of sweeping changes to the look and format of the show, and news that Adam Cole could be heading to the main roster shortly. According to comments from Andrew Zarian of the Matt Men podcast, sources from within the USA Network are disappointed with the recent news. Personally disappointed with how this is going, is what a source from the USA Network reportedly said to Zarian. According to recent reports from PW Insider and the Wrestling Observer, sweeping changes are expected to take place in NXT. These include, this will include a, a return emphasis on a producing talent destined for the main roster. Reports are the company wants to focus on larger and younger talent that could one day main event WrestleMania. The wording is, no more midgets, no more start, no one starting in their 30s. 
They want people who can be box office attractions and main characters. So that's what they're looking for now, Meltzer said. This is the aftermath, and this is the new direction. And the new direction is younger guys and bigger guys. Meltzer continued, what happened happened, and now they want to get it back to what it was. Yeah, that's stupid. I mean, you know what? Well, you know, I, I am happy for one. Me and TK, we, we, were, we were talking about it last week. Um, I had my, my weekly meeting with TK. Because, you, know, you know, me and TK are close friends and all. Um, we talked it out. I was like, hey, buddy, what do you think about all this stuff? Whatever. I'm like, dude, they just like, is he is he fucking with us? And I even asked him, like, hey, uh, TK, are you do you know the con at WWE? Are you guys in cahoots? Are you guys trying to take down a monster from the inside? What's going on? And uh, he wouldn't give me insight what's going on. So uh, he says there's no relation, but uh, I think there's something going on there. I think, um, you know, TK's going to show up on Raw one day in a hooded mask, take off the little hood off. He's going to say, it was me, Vince. It was me out along. And all of a sudden, the other con comes out of nowhere. It was me too, Vince. Ha ha. You gave away all your talent. And now Roman Reigns works for us. And Roman Reigns, you're fired. Saddest part about that is I could totally see Tony Khan copying and doing that. Totally. I could one hundred percent see Tony doing that. He goes on the Titan Tron with his little glasses and he perks him up real quick. He goes like, "I know it's kind of weird for you guys to see me out here, but I just want you to know I bought the competition." And then finally he comes out with Mox, with Jericho, with Miro, and with all the XWE guys that come out there, and they all say at the same time, three, two, one. Now that's good shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then you, and you fade out from the corner. You see CM Punk and he blows a kiss of the camera and fade away. That's the show. <laughs> that that could work. Um, I don't know. And, you know, it could be something like that. Like he could walk in and, you know, say, now the president of the company does in fact say con. However, the contract reads... Mm-hmm. Tony Khan. If, and they're like, what the fuck? No chance. That's what you that's what you got. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> Just like the whole shame again. Got, no chance. It's like oh. you got no chance. And it's fucking like Tony Khan coming out to like Shane McMahon's fucking little dance thing, whatever, you know? <laughs> Here comes the money. <laughs> well, if he had any kids, he could do this little juke. If Tony had any kids, he could do that. But that, that? if Tony had any kids, one of them could come out to "Here Comes the Money." But uh, I think they're gonna save that for Tony's. That'd be so funny. Yeah, but they're gonna save that for Tony's dog pockets. You know, that's where yeah, that. You're a little asshole. You, know? <laughs> you, are, you are a little asshole. You know? I got to have my fun. I'll tell you what, though, he gets to have your fun, but he's the most over person. He's more over than you would ever be, ever. Wow. Okay. I'm dude. I'm just trying to be funny. We ain't gotta. Oof. We ain't gotta go below the belt like that. Jesus, man. Hey, it's where I go, buddy. It's all about, <laughs> it's where having, I go. It's it's all about having. Look at. All about having fun, dude. Jeez. Dude, we are not having fun. This has become a chore now. I don't <laughs> want to do this anymore. I want to quit. I'm gonna put my two weeks notice in right now and let Zachariah Scott take over for me. <laughs> oh God. He's already said he wants to do a pot. He wants to do because. another episode, but um. So, is there anything else in he wrestling? Told me to, he told me that too. He, he, um, you know what? I don't think there's anything else. I think we covered all the stuff that uh, we should be covering. So, I think you and I are good when it comes to wrestling, unless you right. got something else that's new or. No, 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 not not at the moment. But we'll jump on over here. Um. Here's here's the interesting thing. Um, I want to talk about this because it makes me laugh, and it makes me smile. 
Uh, Matt Damon says his teen daughter gives him shit about his films. Dad, there was nothing great about that movie. I've never met his daughter, but I love her. Matt Damon may be one of the most famous actors in the world, but the Oscar winner's four daughters seem to be in charge at home. Pussy. In an interview with CBS Sunday Morning to promote his new film, Stillwater... Oh, God. Damon 50 explained that his kids show no mercy when ranking on Dear Old Dad. In fact, his 15-year-old daughter, Isabella, refuses to hear Dad's beloved film, Goodwill Hunting. She doesn't want to see any movies that I'm in that might be good. She just likes to give me shit, said Damon, laughing. My daughter said, hey, remember that movie you did, The Wall? I said, it was called The Great Wall. She goes, Dad, there was nothing great about that movie. She keeps my feet firmly on the ground. It was only after a family meeting in which Damon sat down with his wife, Luciana, and four daughters that Damon agreed to take on the role in Stillwater, in which he portrays an oil rig worker who goes to France to get his daughter out of prison. Oh my god, they're copying Taken. The family follows a rule that they aren't apart for more than two weeks at a time. However, Stillwater was the first film for which they violated that rule, said Damon, who added, that was really tough. Still, he likes knowing that his children see how passionate he is about his work. I like that they know that I love my job, said Damon. They know it's time-consuming and a lot of work, and that it fills me up. Damon will avoid working again this fall, so he can get his family settled in New York and his children ready for new schools. Being a strong presence is important to him. Look, they're growing up with a lot more stuff than their mom and I ever had, said Damon, so we keep an eye on that. But as attentive as he tries to be, Damon admitted that he worries about his children living, in a, living a more privileged lifestyle. Yeah, I worry, but you know, I think when I got to Harvard, I met a lot of kids who were very wealthy, and some of them were in a lot of pain there, said Damon. Their parents weren't there for them, you know, like, at all. And I remember thinking, oh, I get it, like, that money doesn't solve anything. I fucking hate him even more now. Having a family affects Damon's emotions too, he admitted. At a recent premiere of Stillwater at the Keynes Film Festival, Damon was brought to tears by the five-minute round of applause he received from the crowd. He said it's not so rare that he tears up these days. I think it choked up easier now. Ever since I had kids, it's like my job has become a lot easier because I don't have to try. I don't have to reach for any emotions. Whether it's joy or whether it's pain, it's all just nearby because the stakes are so much higher when you have kids, he said. I like Matt Damon. I don't care anybody. Give, I don't care a lot of people give him shit. A lot of people give uh, Ben Affleck a lot of shit, too. I like him. I like, I like his movies. I think he's good in everything he's done. Um, the Bourne series was pretty good. I got into it way late. <laughs> Like, all the movies came out, then I watched them. Um, good Will Hunting was a good one. Uh, Saving Private Ryan is always a fucking amazing one. Um, the Martian. It just seems like every movie he's in, like, he's always getting saved from something, which is really cool. He's like this guy that America just has to save, whatever, which I think is pretty cool. Um, I like the Clerks movies he's in. I like him in um, Dogma. Um, I like him. I, I personally like them. I like them in The Departed. He gets killed at the end, so if you don't like him, then that's the movie for you. <laughs> well, other than Goodwill Hunting was the only movie he did that I enjoyed. Other than that, I think as an actor, I think you he's... like um, you didn't like The Departed. Uh, no, honestly, I haven't seen The Departed. Um, really? What? Don't... It's on Netflix. After this, <laughs> after this podcast, you better watch it. We're gonna recap it next week. You stupid son of a bitch. I'll think about it. But my thing is, don't I'll... think about it. <laughs> Jack Nicholson's in it. Fucking Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> Matt fucking Damon. Alec Baldwin. And Matt Damon's going to be in it too. Yeah, Matt Damon and Leonardo. So, so I get Matt Damon and Leonardo DiCaprio in the same film. Oh, great. 
Well, you don't like Leonardo DiCaprio, dude. I mean, I don't know how we're friends, dude. Like, you, you better watch your fucking, you better watch your fucking balls, buddy. But Jet Jet Nicholson, I like, and Alec Baldwin, I kind of like him too. When he's not, when he's not doing political shit, he's actually a really good actor. I like Alec Baldwin. I think he's very good. Um, it's just I was never a fan of Matt Damon. Uh, I couldn't. I I tried watching the Bourne series. I couldn't get into it because I don't take Matt Damon seriously as a badass. Like, in order to be successful in a movie where you have to be a badass and beat people up, you have to be believable to me as a badass. And Matt Damon, to me, is not a badass. Like, like for example, um, Steven Seagal. He's a shitty actor, but he was believable as a badass. When he beat people up, it was great. It was dialogue in between that made you kind of go, okay, this guy fucking sucks. But you waited for him to kick somebody's ass. That's all you wanted to see. Like, for me, to, so Matt Damon to me was never believable as someone who could beat the shit out of somebody. Plus, a lot of the fight scenes that I would see in the, in the series would look really, really gay. Like, really gay, some of those movies. But that's just me. So, so you've never seen the Bourne series? I I tried watching one episode. It made my skin crawl. It made me very uncomfortable. I'm like, I, I can't no, watch the, this. No, 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 no. Wait, wait. Let me. Wait. It's not the series, pal. The movies. The movies. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I didn't watch any of them. I watched a little bit of one of them, but I was like, I I can't sit through this. This is fucking terrible. Because first, okay. like I said, Matt you Damon is unbelievable as an actor, and I don't what? as a badass, and I don't like his acting. I'm not a Matt Damon fan. And outside of Hollywood, he's a pretentious asshole. So, yeah, not a Matt Damon fan at all, except for except for Goodwill Hunting. That was the one good movie he had. So oh, okay, well, fact, let's go to this Matt Damon topic. So I'm not sure how we're friends. Um, we're friends because we both like wrestling and we have the same sense of humor. Um, that's why. So anyway, um, here's so anyway, so next story uh, here. Um, this I found intriguing. Uh, here's why Jenna Fisher was fired from Matt LeBlanc's sitcom. That was an interesting story here. What happens when an actor's on-screen performance is so well-known and beloved that it becomes almost impossible to separate the character from the actor? Sometimes fans scream the character's iconic catchphrases at them in public. But in the case of The Office star, Jenna Fisher, it cost her a starring role. In the latest episode of the podcast, Office Ladies, co-hosted by fellow Office alum Angela Kinsey, Fisher, who famously played Pam Beasley on the hit NBC series for nine seasons, Revealed she was cast to star opposite friend star Matt LeBlanc in the CBS sitcom Man with a Plan, which I have seen and I thought was pretty good. Fisher said she filmed the pilot episode and other scenes for the series, but when the network tested the show with focus groups, audiences could not separate Fisher from her beloved Pam character or LeBlanc from his popular character Joey Tribbiani. They said, this is a literal quote, they said, I don't believe Pam would marry Joey. The chemistry doesn't work between these two. Fisher 47 told Kinsey, that was the feedback they got. They could only see you as Pam and Joey, asked Kinsey, who played Angela Martin on the NBC series. Yeah, Fisher said, so it wasn't working for them that we got married and had a family. Fisher shared with listeners that she learned she was fired from the series as she was packing for a trip for the show to premiere to the public at the CBS Upfronts. The first thing I said was, is it not getting picked up? And they said, it's worse than that, hon, she explained. And I was like... What's worse than that? They said, it's getting picked up, but without you. And I was like, wow, I guess I'll unpack my suitcase. Fisher started the pilot episode for Man With A Plan, which ran for four seasons from 2016 to 2020. 
Ultimately, Liza Snyder replaced her to star opposite LeBlanc's character, Adam Burns, as his wife, Andy. My whole career, I never played a guy in a relationship. I never played a dad, LeBlanc told Watch Magazine, of his decision to join the project that he also executive produced. I thought, nobody's getting any younger. This is what my life is now. Well, that's too bad. I mean, I'm not sure. I mean, here's the thing. If they don't have any chemistry or whatever the situation is, I mean, it's got to build on it. You know, uh, if you can't step... I, I've listened to the podcast with um, Pam and... Um, what's her name? Uh, Angela. I've, I've heard their podcast. It's it's okay. I actually I like the one from Brian Bob Gardner, the guy who plays Kevin. His his little thing on Spotify is really fucking good. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, but the thing and, and the thing is this, I, I I actually watched Man with a Plan. I've seen all four seasons on Netflix. Uh, it was one of the things I binge watched during COVID. Um, and Liza Snyder played very well as Andy, like playing like she she and Matt LeBlanc had kick ass fucking chemistry. So when I look back on it, and this is not a knock on Jenna Fisher because I think she's amazing, but I I think it's I I, I think it's true, you know. It would be like seeing Pam marry Joey and it would look weird. Like, I, I feel like these are two people that have been very much pigeonholed into their characters. But that LeBlanc showed with Man with a Plan that he can venture away from the Joey Tribbiani persona. Uh, Jenna Fisher, I, 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 I'm sure I've seen her in other films and, and TV shows, but I can't quite put my finger on it if I've seen her anywhere else. I I only I know the office the most. I can't remember other work that she's done. No wait, no wait. It's not together true. She was in Blades of Glory, and I thought she did great in that movie. So I took that back. I did see her in Blades of Glory. I thought she did great in that. But other than that, I don't really know of any other fil films or movies or TV shows she's she done. She was in Walk Hard, the do the story of Dewey Cox. Oh fuck, that's right. Was she yeah. was she Darlene? Fuck, she was Darlene. All right. Sorry. Never yep. mind. Wow. Yep. Wow. I totally forgot about that. In my dreams, you're blowing me. Some kisses. Yes. <laughs> you know, that's one of my favorite things to do. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> it's like. Do what makes us feel good. <laughs> you and I will go down in history. <laughs> That is the best sexual innuendo song I have ever heard in my life. The best. Hands down. Here I am just sneaking up behind you. You can't always come in my back door. <laughs> oh, like, my God. Fuck? I forgot that was I love her. That, movie. that was so good. Oh, it was so great. It was so great. Yeah. yeah. She, 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 Jenna Fisher is, I, I, like I said, I, I think she's very talented. I'm a huge fan. Um, I just, feel, you know, but I do agree that their chemistries wouldn't work. And that's the thing. And, and, and some cases, this is the thing that I think that anybody that's an actor or aspiring actor or actress can understand is this. As talented as you are, it's also about finding the right role for you. Like, there's a lot of times where great actors will be in terrible movies. And it's not necessarily because their acting was bad or the movie was bad. It's just that... They picked a role that wasn't right for them. Like, this doesn't work for you. Like, you got to play to your strengths. Now, sometimes you want to experiment and try other things. There's nothing wrong with that. But ultimately, once you get locked in a certain role, unless you can really branch out and hit the ground running, Hollywood's going to put you in the same thing because it's a surefire bet for movies. And 
the best examples of example of that is Arnold Schwarzenegger. For years, Arnold only did action movies. Go on. Because the the Hollywood studios knew we put Arnold in an action movie, it's going to make money. So the studio was not. That's why like Arnold Schwarzenegger originally didn't do comedies, but he wanted to do a comedy because people thought that Arnold was funny. And would make a great comedic actor, but then like the studios wouldn't do it because they knew they make money with him as an action star. So this is the most one of the best stories is when he did the movie Twins. It was because you know you know they the the, the writer of the movie I think it was Robert Reiner or something like that. Um, that was his name. Um, Alan Reitman. Sorry. Um, they they basically put this movie together with Arnold Schwarzenegger in mind. And then they've come with the idea of, you know, having different people. And that's when they got the idea to cast Danny DeVito. And the three of them got in on it. But the studio, at first, wouldn't let them do the movie. So Arnold decided to take a risk. Because he was so confident he could make the movie work that he didn't take a salary for the film. So it brought the budget down. And then Danny DeVito that's right. decided not to take a salary. Alan Reitman decided not to take it. So, they, so they, they took no salary, so it brought the budget down, but they said, we want to take a big chunk of the back end. That's our deal. Don't pay us for the film, but give us a portion of the back end. And Arnold said it was the best investment he ever made because to this day, they still get money off of Twins. They made money off the sale of the, of the movie, like DVDs and all that. And they made more money than the studio, which the studio doesn't like. That's why they don't cut those deals anymore. Like, I think one guy actually, they actually said to Arnold when they, they told him, they said, you robbed me blind and you fucked me. Wow. Because that's how I bad hearing, it was. I remember hearing that story. I, did we talk about this before? Because I remember, like, did I talk to you about this? Because I remember hearing a story before. Did we, we talk about this before or no? Not on the Boochcast. I think we talked about it separately. I told this story. Because I... You know, it's so weird because... We talk so much about different stuff. I always forget. Like, do we did we cover that in the podcast, or is it just something we talked about? Because like you and I, I mean, I've been busy with my my train, whatever. But typically, I just call you out of nowhere. I'm just like, hey, Benny, how you doing? I got some bullshit to tell you. Open up your ears. <laughs> All right. Well, absolutely. I mean, and we always have great great times with that, you know. And I, I've there's some stories that I've told you guys off the air that I never told on the air and that's why a lot of times it feels like deja vu because I'm like, you know what? I feel this would be a good story for the listeners. But I mean, hell, like the whole yeah. the whole AEW argument we just had. We how many times have we argued about that off the air? Several. But it was never on the air. So they got, oh, like so this, too much. Yes, yeah, so this is the first time they got to hear it. <laughs> so finally. I think I think I think like I, I think I defended AEW so much to a point where I think this one time you just gave up and said, you know what, though? I'm tired, Elvis. I just want to go to bed. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. That was the last time you and I, like, really went in on it. I just, I realized, I'm like, I just realized halfway through, it's late. I'm tired. I'm not going to change his mind. He's not going to change my mind. Fuck it. You win. Just take it. Take, take, the, take the W if you need it that badly. I just want to go to bed. <laughs> And I found that, and here's the thing that I've learned about myself. This is why I would never do well on like a debate team. I can debate pretty well. But if the other person's just not going to back down, once I've made my point, I kind of just tap out after a while. Otherwise, I'm repeating myself. So it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like George Foreman in the Rumble in the Jungle. You just got to tire me out. 
while I throw my haymakers and then you just hit a couple combos and boom, that's it. Just fucking tire me yeah, out. Yeah, I'm like. That was pretty much how that happened. And um, I think we got like one more topic it's here. Just, it's just fun. Huh? It, it, it's just funny because I, I love tucking you out, you know? It's, it's pretty nice. Yes. Look at that poor little guy. He's all tuckered out. And on that note, we got one more topic here and then we're gonna, and then we'll call it a day. Um, we, or a night, I should say. But, um, these friends TV show Halloween costumes let you bring your favorite characters to life. It's been 26 years since Friends debuted on the silver screen, but the show is still as hot as ever. Whether you watched it, the show when it originally aired or spent the last year binging all 236 episodes of Friends the Reunion ahead of Friends the Reunion on HBO Max, there's no doubt that the Friends crew has always been there for you, especially as a comfort watch during the spooky season. Lord knows I binge-watched all of it on Netflix, and my dad and I even watched it together for a period of time. Uh, this year, serve up a series, a serious dose of nostalgia by going with a Friends TV show Halloween costume. Chances are you already have a favorite character from the show, but in case you don't, pick one that makes for a fun costume. We vote Joey's football outfit. Since there are so many different looks from throughout the years, the show aired for 10 seasons after all, we rounded up Phoebe, Rachel, Monica, Joey, Ross, and Chad's most memorable ensembles. The red sweater Ross wore when he learned he was Emma's father for example. Once, what's more, of all these homemade costume ideas, embrace the very best in 90s fashion. Everything from tiny tuxedo vests to the Rachel haircut. If you really want to live up to the show's name, convince five friends dressed up as the other characters for the most epic group costume ever. Or grab the Chandler to your Monica or vice versa for a cute couple's costume inspired by one of the sweetest TV's sweetest duos. And they show different ones here. Um, they got they got the one with Phoebe where she's wearing like the the black dress with all the buttons on it and the white undershirt. Uh, they got that outfit there. It says, uh, Phoebe will forever be the feast, the free-spirited character we all know and love. Keep it cute and casual by layering a white long sleeve turtleneck underneath a, a midi dress. Then complete the look with a pair of combat boots. Just don't forget to break out your guitar before the party ends so you can wow everyone with your rendition of Smelly Cat. If you don't know how to play guitar, I don't recommend this costume. Otherwise, you're going to look dumb. Then again, could she really play the guitar? I don't know. Rachel, and then next they got I Rachel. So. She, she, certainly, she, learned, she learned like a couple chords, I think. Yeah, and she just played the same ones. Um, Rachel Green. Here's your chance to go to Central Park, or at least pretend to. Just the part by wearing a plain black dress and waitress apron, just like Rachel often did. Carry around a pad and pen to jot down orders during the party. Yeah. Uh, I don't recommend doing this at a party at a bar or a restaurant. Otherwise, people are going to think you fucking work there. And if they don't tip well, you're fucked. So anyway, uh, next we got um, the Ross Geller costume. Enter the one with the red sweater. Recreate one of Ross's most memorable outfits, Spudnik aside, with a red sweater and classic blue jeans. Not unlike the ones I wore on the Going Live show. And next, we have the Joey Tribbiani costume. Here's one way to get the party started. Show up with your football under your arm and pass it to your buddies all night long. Commit to the character by wearing a football jersey. Your teams are a standard one like Joey's. I disagree with this one. I think I would go with, like, a regular nicer t-shirt. I feel like, because Joey didn't always wear a football jersey. I feel like the more casual you dress, the more you look like Joey. Because he rarely wore suits. Next, uh, the Monica Geller costume. A chef in the kitchen, but make it fashion. Embrace Monica's timeless style with a tuxedo vest, long sleeve tee, and skin-tight miniskirt. If you happen to whip up a few party appetizers while wearing this costume, then you'll really win Halloween. And then finally, Chandler Bing. 
Because everyone wants to be the funny friend, throw together this homemade costume with items already you already have in your closet. A sweater vest, a button-down shirt, khaki slacks, and leather loafers. Just bring along your sense of humor to really play the part. Which way will you do? Me? Uh, gotta go with Chandler. Would you be any more annoying? <laughs> <laughs> that is so not true. <laughs> that is so not true. <laughs> The hills are alive with the sound of music. Hey, what are you doing? Okay, you have to stop the Q-tip when there's resistance. Still one of my favorite lines oh, from Chandler. Oh, you just said and done. Oh, dude, it was great. It was great. Like, I, that's what I love about Chandler. Like, he was, he was moody. He was sarcastic. He hated his job. Like, Chandler's got me written all over it. The only other person I could possibly be is Joey. I'm definitely not Ross. Definitely not Ross. Ross would so, be hard to pull off. Yeah. I mean, I mean, and, and the, the other thing, though, is that it's three guys and two girls. So I don't know who would, I don't know. If we, if we did it for the Booch cast, who do you think would be each character? Like, I, I see myself as Chandler. Do you think so? Who do, who do you think you would be? Huh. Well, that's a good one. Um, I don't know. You're an HR nightmare. Chandler Bing is, uh, he works in corporate. Nobody knows his real job. So, I don't know. You're not that funny. I'm funnier than you, so I don't know. It'd be kind of hard. Um, you. I think I see you more as a Joey. Only because no one touches Vinny's food. Um, Vinny doesn't share food! Totally Thank you. I can totally see that. First and foremost, second of all, I can see you go to a girl and say, "How you doing?" I could totally like you. I could totally see you doing that. How you doing? Um, I think I think it's the whole Italian thing too. So I guess yeah, Joey's yeah. gonna be my pick for you. Yeah, Joey. Yeah, I, I I can see that. Like I said, I'm either Joey or Chandler. I'm definitely not Ross. Um, so between me and Desmond, who would be Ross and who would be Chandler? Who would, that's your turn. Okay. Um, that's a tough one. That's very much a tough one. I know. Um, I mean, I mean, then again, I mean, Desmond is very sarcastic a lot. So, mm -hmm. in a way, he could be Chandler, just because I know. Not have to be Ross. Yeah, and but the thing is, I think you could pull Ross off very well. I think. I, I, I possibly. Could, I think yeah. So. I mean, just I I see that. Going. Yeah. My sandwich. Yep, that's totally me. Now thinking about it, that's totally me. My sandwich. Yeah. Like, did you happen to see a little note on top of it? Or a limerick of some sort? Uh, did you confuse it with your own turkey sandwich with the moist maker? <laughs> <laughs> like, Ross, I don't oh fuck with his sandwich. I thought that was one of the funniest damn things I've ever seen. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, so, that, so I think that could work for you. Um... And then we'd have to find somebody. I mean, and we have to find two girls to play. Um, no, we have to find. You know, we have to find three girls to play. Uh, Monica, Phoebe, and Rachel. Um, well, Lima would be Rachel for sure. Lima would be Rachel. Yeah. Yeah, I, th I think she could be Rachel. Um, yeah, with the whole style and whatever. Yeah. Um. um well, here's the thing, Brianna. Brianna, whatever. Yeah. I don't see her as either a Monica or a. Yeah, or um, what's her name? Phoebe. 
Monica, Rachel, and Phoebe. I don't see her as neither Phoebe or Rhiannon. Or, um, yeah, I don't see Rhiannon as either being a Monica or a Phoebe, so well, that's kind of hard. I, I don't know if she's much of a neat freak, so I don't know how she'd fall into the Monica category. She's not neurotic, but she does have she she does have a bit of a goofy personality when she wants to be. So I I, I think Rhiannon could be uh could be Phoebe. I think she could be I, Phoebe. I, 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 She's not ditzy like Phoebe, but she's got a good personality. She got a she can have a bubbly personality when she wants to. When she you know, when she's not when she's no, not I think at work. She does. I just don't see her being I don't see, I don't see her I don't see her being ditzy like Phoebe. I don't see her being neurotic like uh, Monica, so that's you know. Um, but yeah. yeah, I don't know. But Phoebe wasn't I, always I ditzy. I, I think we need more. So that's why I'm saying she. I would lean more towards Phoebe than I would yeah, I Monica, because I like Monica. Don't get me wrong, but she is the most uptight of the three, and Rhiannon is not uptight. So at all. So mm -hmm. and let me let me let me have to Actually, find no, something. No, I'm thinking Monica. about it. I think I, I think I, you know, I think Lee Marie might have to be the. Monica, now I'm looking at it. <laughs> yeah. Because she's very organized. She's got her stuff in place. She's got, yeah, I mean, she's very, like, organized, whatever. Huh. Take that back. Yeah. So Lee Marie would be Monica. Rihanna would be Phoebe. So we have to find somebody for Rachel. Huh. I mean... Zachariah Scott. Boom. Done. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, it's like, Zach, don't feel bad. In Shakespeare's time, all the parts were played by men. So just just look at it as being very old school. It's avant garde. I don't know what that means, but it sounds good. Sounds sexy. Yeah. I pretend to know what that means. Oh boy. <laughs> well, uh, well, unless you want to talk about anything else, I think that about wraps up what we had planned for this week. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm 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 tapped out, man. I'm I'm exhausted. All this yeah. training on a computer all day, like. Here's a cool thing. Like I used to work for my computer, you know. I used to, um, you know, just use it to go to and from shops, or whatever. But now, like with this training, like I have training where I'm with other people doing virtual training, whatever. With the, uh, here's the thing, they have a whole bunch of people they hired, but mostly just for like people just taking phone calls, like the call center. And I'm in a room. I'm in a room with people who's never done insurance before. I'm a an adjuster. At least I was with Geico. I'm gonna be an adjuster for Progressive, and um, it's just like. I'm glad these people are asking a lot of questions because you have to because you want to be you want to be on top of your shit when you join on, but like all the shit I know most of it and like today for instance I did like a course today, and then towards the latter part of the day I didn't have to do shit today because it was only for those trainees and they tried to get me involved in it, and uh, I didn't have to do it I wasn't set up to do their call system shit whatever so I just sat there and did fucking nothing, um, I was looking at other videos and other other training stuff I'm trying to get myself ahead because they gave us like a syllabus for each week so i jump ahead a couple of times to figure out what's gonna happen next week and the week after or the day after or whatever but like i don't know what my course is gonna take me each day it's like every hour like tomorrow i have a four hour course when i wake up in the morning so um not when i wake up but like my course starts at 8 30 and uh i have like a four hour course i gotta take then take lunch and then meet up with our group to talk about who knows what the fuck they want to talk about and then go it's just like everything's fucking different it's it's tedious because I just want to go and write my fucking cars already, but I have another system, and I won't get into that shit until next week. So now it's just more like, all right, let's hang out with these guys who don't know what the fuck they're doing and try to tell them that, hey, you're going to make it. You made it this far. Keep going. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, 
So yeah, ladies and gentlemen, that will wrap up uh, this kick-ass show of the Boochcast. I'm glad that uh, we were able to uh, come back, and uh, hopefully we're going to be back doing a regular thing. Um, obviously, Elvis, I thank you for uh, you know taking time out of your busy schedule to join me this week. I look forward to talking to you next week, and hopefully, um, hopefully, I hope we can get together for AEW All Out. I definitely want to do that, and then I know we're going to have a lot to talk about regarding that, um, so I look forward to talking to you next week. Nope, never gonna talk to you again. We are no friends, no more, no more friends. Sorry, pal. Aww. But um, is there anything you want to plug out? Is there is there anything else you want to plug out there? Well, of course there is, man. I gotta tell. I want to tell everybody out there. Make sure you guys follow the Boochcast. We are on Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, and Google Podcast. Pick your favorite hosting site. Follow us there. And of course, if you're a super fan, follow us on all for hosting sites also make sure you guys like us on facebook go to facebook.com slash the boochcast we have archived episodes of the show as well as amazing kick-ass content uh the latest episode of the male soap opera moment is up there so you guys can check that out as well make sure you guys enjoy that we'll have another one coming out for you guys next month uh also make sure you're following us on twitter and Instagram at the Boochcast. Get the latest tweets, photos, and videos. Also, be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel where you can check out Boochcast reviews, Dark Side of the Ring. You can check out our watch parties, our DD one shot, kick ass skits, so much other things on the channel. And make sure you hit the subscribe button, ring that bell to be notified so you don't miss another episode of Boochcast Views Dark Side of the Ring as well as other additional YouTube content. We have some coming soon. In fact, just recently we finished we finished filming the uh, Collision in Korea. So that one's already in the books. So all that's left now with Dark Side of the Ring is for me, Elvis, and Desmond to get together and take care of the Brian Pillman episodes, the Ultimate Warrior, and the one that's guaranteed to cause some controversy, at least for me, the Dynamite Kid. So we got to get together, Elvis, you, me, and Des. We got to get these knocked out. So I'm hoping to do that very soon. But these are all coming soon to the YouTube channel. So make sure you guys hit the subscribe button to check it out. Also, uh, make sure you're following us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash theboochcast. That's where we have our live stream episodes. Uh, I believe the SummerSlam live stream, if you want to listen to it, if you want to see it for yourself, is still up there. But uh, once it is taken down from Twitch, we will have it. We will make sure to upload it to the YouTube channel. Uh, Elvis and I will definitely collaborate on making that happen once Twitch takes it down. But in the meantime, make sure you check it out. Also, our next watch party will be Sunday, November the 21st for WWE Survivor Series. That's right. So make sure you guys join us again in November for WWE Survivor Series. I promise you this one will be will be a lot more organized. We'll have our shit together. You know, sometimes shit hits the fan, but either way, we'll have a lot better. And, of course, our live D&D show coming soon. Should be sometime in the month of October unless something changes, but uh, we do have plans for that very soon. I know Elvis is chomping at the bit to get involved in the D&D. I know I am as well. The whole team is. And it said we got a big surprise coming, but can't reveal it yet. But when we do, it'll blow your fucking minds. And finally, if you want to support the Boochcast, go to anchor.fm slash the Boochcast slash support. 
Become a supporter of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. There are three different levels that you guys can donate at. Uh, the first one, of course, is for a mere 99 cents per month. That's right. For 99 cents, you can help contribute to the Boochcast, help it grow. It's the minimum that we give out because we know some people out there are financially struggling. We don't want to ask you guys to break the bank. So if you can't break the bank, just give us 99 cents a month. That's all that's required. Also, you can go to the second level if you got some extra spending cash, and you can donate for $4.99 per month. That's right. The same amount of money you would pay for a Peacock subscription, you can support the Boochcast. I know a lot of you guys aren't fans of the Peacock, and let's be honest, we give better content than the Peacock anyway, so bring that $4.99 over here. And the final level is a mere $9.99. That's right. Same amount of money y'all used to pay for a WWE Network subscription here in the States. You got nowhere to put that $9.99, so you can take that $9.99 over here, bring it to the Boochcast. We got better content than the network, and we send our fans home happy. Prizes coming soon. If you want to wait till we got the prizes, that's fine. But even if you donate now, you'll get the prize once we announce it. And you can pay with a credit card or with GPay. And the money you guys donate goes right into the show. It allows us to upgrade the equipment. It allows us to bring in bigger name guests. And it allows me to take care of all the guys who work very, very hard behind the scenes here on the Boochcast and on the air. So if you got a co-host that you like and you feel they deserve to be paid for their work, anchor.fm slash the Boochcast slash support is how you make that happen. So before we officially wrap up, Elvis, do you have anything you like to promote? Yep, I do. I have never got paid on the show, folks. Never. So this is me shamelessly saying... Give me your fucking money. <laughs> if not, give me your firstborn kid. I don't give a... I'll, whichever comes first. I don't give a shit. Go to Patreon. Either hashtag give Elvis money or give me your firstborn fucking child. If they're over a certain age, I can't take them. Legally, I don't think I can do that. So give me your fucking money. Um, hashtag pay up sucker. Is that a good one? <laughs> I guess. Um, go to the Boochcast. Go up there. Because I have not got paid in all the years of service. I've been on the Boochcast. I have shelled out and I've sold out for all the little things that Vinny Bucci wants to throw out there for charities like Zachariah Scott and the Feed Ramen Noodles and all these other things he does for other people. Amazing things, by the way. But you know what, though? Elvis is kind of selfish now. Elvis wants fucking money. So hashtag get Elvis that fucking money or your firstborn child, whichever comes first. Anyways, hope you guys enjoy yourself. Have a great week. Hope to guys see you guys soon. And pay Elvis his money. And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been The Booch Cast. I'll talk to you guys next time. Until then, pizza, baby! Give me my fucking money! Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all. Goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. And eat. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. À la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again.